Hello, and welcome to episode 160 of the Casual Tryhard Podcast. I'm Brian. And I'm James. And we are live and in neon Technicolor glory. Ooh. Yeah, we are pushing my little computer to the limit with our little moving background that you can see on YouTube. Yeah, if you want to check it out, make sure you head over to YouTube. You can follow along with us. We made a little slideshow so you can see the artwork and check the cards out, read through the cards as we're talking about them. Yeah, so um, today it's all previews for uh, Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Uh, Officially the wordiest set in Magic's history. Congratulations. Thanks, Frank Karsten. Thank you, Frank, for that uh, wonderful information. So if you'd like to tweet us about the cards that you're excited about or something that we may have missed, you can get us at Casual Tripod on Twitter. Yep. You can also hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG, or you can email us show at CasualTryHardMTG.com. I know we took a lot of listener submissions from Discord this week. Um, Lots of cool people in there hanging out, talking about all sorts of different stuff. We also have a room in there for, you know, any questions from you guys, stuff you might want us to cover on the show, or, you know, if it's quick, a lot of times we'll just answer it right there. But, uh, if you want to join the discord, make sure you do that. There's a link down in the description. There's a link on all our social media. If you want to come join in the conversation, uh, like we said a couple minutes ago, this video will be up on YouTube with our smiling faces and pretty pictures. Um, YouTube is Casual Tryhard MTG. If you want to go check that out, um, I'm going to try and do. I'm definitely going to do a pre-release kit build um, as soon as they come in. I'll grab my hands on one and open it up on camera and show everyone how to build a sealed deck slash pre-release deck, some tips and tricks, and kind of what's in one. So I hope hope to have that up before pre-release starts in case people haven't been to a pre-release before and want an idea of what to expect. Um, If I don't get it up in time, you should check our YouTube channel out anyway, because I've done one for, I think, every single set since we started doing this. Um, And they're all on our YouTube channel, so go check one of the older ones out. A lot of the information will be the same as far as, like, what's in them and how to build a sealed deck. It's just the cards will be different. Um, Or you can wait until this video, the video that I'm going to make comes out. Um, I'm probably also going to do a like my approach to a set on YouTube. I don't think I'm going to open any sealed product this time around. I'm just going to make a TCG player order like I normally do. Normally, I offset whatever sealed product I open with a TCG player order. And then like I have everything that I'll need from that set. But I think I'm just going to do TCG player this time. So I'm going to try and do like a screen grab video of my just my process on how to get through a new set release cards i look out for you know which versions to buy and just kind of the process i go through on tcg player and then i'll probably pair that with a mailbag video where i actually open the stuff up and maybe i'll show you how like i manage my collection too but we'll see what i have time for i don't want to promise too much and then not deliver so there will be something coming on youtube though so make sure you Get over there and subscribe and click the bell or whatever so it lets you know you know when i've uploaded something um speaking of tcg player we have a tcg player affiliate link if you're looking to pick up any singles from kamigawa neon dynasty 
or anything else that's come out lately. Um, TCG.CasualTryHardMTG.com is the link. The link's also in the description. Um, we would really appreciate it if you're looking to pick up any singles online, if you would use that link. Uh, TCG Player has, I think, the best prices around. I haven't found any big sites that sell stuff cheaper than TCG Player does. And I've only checked uh, CFB's marketplace a couple times, but TCG was still cheaper than CFB's marketplace last time I checked also. Um, and if you use our affiliate link, we get a percentage of whatever you buy to help keep the show going. And we really like that. So we'd yes. appreciate it if you did that for us. If you guys want to support us a little bit more directly, you can do so at patreon.com slash casual MTG. Patrons get access to our show notes. Usually I post them up like the day before the show goes live. So you get kind of a sneak peek of what we're going to be talking about that week. And patrons also get like an extra hour, hour and a half of us talking every week. We record yeah. our pre-show and upload it completely unedited, raw, you never really know what we're going to talk about. Sometimes it's magic. Sometimes it's not. Sometimes it's large amounts of money that have gone missing. And then come back. <laughs> the best part is they came yeah, back. That's right. Um, also, patrons get put on my mailing list. Um, I really don't have any like hard promises of things that I mail out, but I try and send something out like every other month just as kind of a thank you to our patrons. Um, normally it's like a series of things like last year we did a series of basic lands that had a, a casual tryhard stamp on them and I signed them and it was kind of a good luck basic land thank you um, I don't want to spoil what's going out this time around we got some new patrons that I want to be excited so I'm not going to spoil it now but this week or this uh, round of give backs are pretty cool as well so if you want to get put on my mailing list uh, chip a couple bucks into Patreon, um, help support us. And like I said, I'll put you on my list and send you some stuff out. I think that's all we got for housekeeping stuff. Do you want to jump into the show? Let's jump into this show. So all we're right. going to work through cards partially uh, for draft, partially for constructed, or just things that people thought were interesting. So we're going to start off, um, hopefully, we're going to start off, there we go. <laughs> With the gold uncommons, these yeah, some of these were interesting and we wanted to talk about anyway. But, um, I know I've had the conversation with a couple of people in Discord lately about like how to get into arena and best practices for like collection building and stuff. And drafting is really the best way to build a collection on arena. So, I thought it was important that we kind of went over these cards we can talk about the ones that we thought were particularly interesting but just kind of define the archetypes for this set so that when people go out to you know draft for the first time on thursday on arena or catch a draft at their lgs this weekend they know what the color pairs are supposed to do uh so uh james was very optimistic getting on arena on thursday it's never a thing <laughs> yeah. that happens never a thing that happens <laughs> Like, without fail, there'll be the million tweets of just, like, people not being able to get on Arena. Probably. So, if you're lucky enough to get on Arena and get a draft on Thursday, probably Friday or yeah. Saturday, you'll be able to get it done. So, uh, red-white, we have Asari Captain. And this mm -hmm. is a human samurai. Um, 
It's a 4-3 with haste, and whenever a samurai or warrior you control attacks alone, it gets plus 1, plus 0, till the end of turn for each samurai or warrior you control. So Mm -hmm. the gimmick with red-white is it wants you to attack alone. It has a bunch of creatures that either that either receive a bonus for attacking alone or provide like a bonus to any creature who attacks alone. Yeah. So they kind of like, like pseudo exalted, but not just buffing. Yeah. It. Some of them, like one of this, like when it attacks, you can alone, you can tap a creature and opponent controls. Yeah. Uh, this one makes you a little bit bigger. So it's a little weird, right? Like most times in draft, you attack with multiple creatures right right so at least it feels like you do you do that a lot Mm -hmm. and so just like attacking with one that you've kind of like voltron up just by the fact it attacks alone is a little weird but like then like you know you know this four three just gets chumped or like god forbid they had like a two mana three one right and it's just like oh well it's a seven three it's like yeah it's a seven three this is dead (laughs) cool yeah the die do a two drop yeah the die they die do a common you're like oh but that's yeah. what red white wants to do is it wants to go like tall on a creature but like you mm-hmm. get less risk than you would have like putting a bunch of enchantments on it or something right yeah for sure uh and there is uh the next card blows out attacking alone because lord help you if your attack alone and your creature gets bounced like he's just like oh i just (laughs) my one attacker did not do anything yeah so this was one of the ones that we kind of wanted to talk about anyway and it happens to be a signpost uncommon for this set and it's a colossal sky turtle four green green blue so it's the simic one it's a six five enchantment creature turtle with flying and ward two so if you pay seven mana, you get a six, five flying with ward two. And then it also has two different channel abilities. If you listen to our episode last week, uh, we went over all the mechanics for this set and channel is one of the mechanics for this set. So if you want a little bit more information on how channel works or ninjutsu or reconfigure, make sure you check out last week's episode. It was pretty good. Yeah. But uh, this card has channel for two and a green discard colossal sky turtle return target card from your graveyard to your hand and then also has channel for one and a blue discard colossal sky turtle return target creature to its owner owner's hand so two different channel abilities um it's one or the other you can't pay three green blue and do both of them it's one or the other yeah um so what makes this guy so special so I don't think you ever want to cast it. So when I looked at it, I was like, oh, whatever. And then I got to thinking, and the Living End decks in uh, Modern, right? Yep. They just, they usually cycle things. But they also have been playing, you know, or some of the, the other Cascade decks uh, play like Brazen Borrower as early mm-hmm. interaction. Well, this is, you know, some percentage of Brazen Borrower. Uh on a six five that you'd like bring back from your graveyard when you living ended. And like there was in legacy for a little bit, a replenish deck Mm -hmm. Uh, replenish is an old card that just returns all enchantments from the graveyard to your battlefield. 
and um, that was playing like Lay Claim and Cast Out. Yeah. And this is an enchantment creature. So there's Resurgent Belief in Modern that is the the suspend uh, card that um, does replenish returns all your enchantments from your graveyard to the battlefield. So like mm-hmm. you, you know, you cycle a cast out, you cycle a lay claim, you bounce a creature with Colossal Sky Turtle, then you cycle, then you cascade into Resurgent Belief, and yeah. you exile a creature, you steal their land with lay claim, and then you have a six five ward two. Yeah. Right. I mean, you might be able to do something close to that in standard also. It's not on the list, so I don't mind talking about it now. But isn't the um, that big green thing an enchantment too? Big green. The, yeah, the, the dog, the tanuki. The tanuki. Yeah, he's an enchantment creature that like ramps you. Yeah, it's two and a green to put a forest in play or something. And he's yeah. like a six five trampler. Yeah, but I don't know like how you get them back on the cheap. Yeah. Right, like how you do like the mass reanimation. Well, but it was... you might not have to do it on the cheap though. Fair. Like if you you know use him to ramp and then cycle your sky turtle to stabilize you and then you know you just ramp cast into... it later. Yeah. Yeah. You just right? ramp into the six mana thing and you put you know twelve power in play. Yeah. No, it's very very reasonable that that can happen. So, like, this just was, like, a weird... Like, if it wasn't an enchantment, right? Yeah. Like, I wouldn't have got there because I was like, oh, like, because, you know, Resurgent Belief has just been, like, a card in my periphery of, like, I want this to be good one day. Um, yeah. I would have played Living End, but not play Living End is basically where my head's at. <laughs> Always the best deck-building plan is I want to be contrarian. But um, you've got Sky Turtle for that, but it also just works in a Living End deck. Like, hey, I want cheap interaction that i will get back so like brazen borrower doesn't uh like it hits more things like petty theft hits non-land permanent yeah so like colossal sky turtle is a little limited but like colossal sky turtle comes back off a living end where brazen borrower doesn't so uh next up uh the the signpost on common for my cube draft archetype for blue red enthusiastic mechanaut it's blue red for a 2-2 goblin artificer who is an artifact creature has flying Mm -hmm. and artifact spells you cast cost one less to cast Hmm, so so i wonder what blue red's trying to do yeah hmm, definitely it is the blue blue red is the artifact archetype in this set and this card goes it goes in there well tells you exactly what you want to do Mm -hmm. um these kind of cost reducers are always worth like keeping an eye on, yeah. uh, especially with us going to the Brothers War, which yes. is going to be an artifact set. You know, also you um, have the if you I have don't a bun- know. Oh, oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, if you have a bunch of one mana artifacts, this just makes them free. It does. Which, yeah. Which oftentimes leads to things doing goofy, broken, broken stuff. <laughs> Yeah. Also randomly, like, I know we haven't talked about like finance stuff in a while or done like an episode on specs or anything. And maybe I'll cover a little bit of this when I do my, um, like my approach to set collecting video, whenever I do that. But 
if you think about, was it Chief of the Foundry? Was yes. from Kaladesh, and it's like a three mana two three that makes your artifacts cost one less. Mm-hmm. Um, like that randomly at one point was a four dollar uncommon. Oh geez, uh, it's been reprinted a couple times since then, yeah. so I don't think it still is. But like these are the things that when I go through a set to look and make specs for that I pick up because you know two men is pretty cheap for something with this effect on it. And like you said, it can do some pretty broken stuff. Um, you know, picking up usually like the week after set releases when I like to do my my big order. And, you know, if foils of this card are, you know, 20 cents, I might pick up 10 or 12 of them. And, you know, if it costs me four or five bucks, like that's four or five bucks I can afford to lose. But if they go to four bucks a piece, then, you know, that's that's a decent chunk of change. Yeah, I just uh, I had bought a bunch of expressive iterations, mm-hmm. and the non the pack non foils are like uh, five like buy listing for almost five dollars. Yep. So like I bought a I bought a bunch. I sent like you know five or five or six of them out, and was just like, oh, here's like thirty bucks that I spent like a you know that I spent four or five dollars on, yeah, uh, right around release. So yeah, this is one of those things that like. There's a blue card from, like, one of the Mirrodin blocks, like mm-hmm. uh, Dark Steel or... Ethereum the... Sculptor? Yes. Yes, it does the same thing. So, like, maybe this in Modern, maybe there's, like, now a critical mass of this effect combined with... Uh, Could be. Uh, what is that? There's that stupid imprint artifact that, like, you imprint an artifact and it makes... That reduces oh, their yeah, cost. Yeah. Is that Semblance Anvil? Yeah, so maybe there's like a critical mass of like you get two of these out and now you're casting like Icker Wellsprings and stuff for free. Yeah. And now you just go it's nuts. It's a pretty and, good place to be. And like draw your deck or something wild. Right. So it's one of those things that like these kind of effects can like stack. And when, when there's one in the format, it doesn't matter. But when there's two or three, then you get yeah. to the point of like, oh, I have enough redundancy that I can always do stupid thing. Yeah. Next up, yours. we have Gloom Shrieker. One black green for a 2 1 enchantment creature cat beast with menace. And has when Gloom Shrieker enters the battlefield, return target permanent card from your graveyard to your hand. That's not a very clear signpost, is it? No, it, black green wants to do something with the graveyard. Question yeah. mark. I think they've had a really hard time and I kind of did as well. Like again, going back to my cube, um, like giving black green a real identity. Yeah. And that's been an issue for black green. I think in a lot of sets, it always ends up being like graveyard matters ish. We don't know how to like cost the payoffs or make the payoffs good enough. And this just seems like a generic, like this is like a, the rock card. Oh, you like played some removal and traded some creatures, and so now you're gonna play this and get a two for one, and that's pretty good. Yeah, like I think the high points of this card is that it's an enchantment. Mm-hmm. So green is you'll see as we start going through some of this stuff. Like green's the enchantment color. Yeah, and cares about enchantments, and then black. The as we'll get to the black white signpost. Um, wants us to have an artifact and an enchantment. Mm-hmm. 
So there's cards that care about like this being an enchantment. Yeah. So it's like kind of a bad eternal witness, but randomly an enchantment for things that matter. Yeah. And I think there's like a there's like a raised dead that's like return a creature and and or an enchantment. Yeah. And so this could be the enchantment side of yeah. whatever. Though it does get exiled when it dies. So scratch that. I don't know why they did that. Yeah, that's weird. That is weird. <laughs> it would be too good. Yeah, it'd be too good. Like Eternal Witness, fine. This, mm, too good. Yeah. Uh, next, uh, the clear winner for best art in the set. <laughs> invigorating <laughs> Hot Spring Time Machine. Oh, no, sorry. Just Invigorating Hot Spring. Yeah, this reminds me of something straight out of like 1998 tempest ice age it's all for sure yeah it's so it's yeah. the it's the the little demon guy in the hot springs there you go um so invigorating hot spring is one red green for an enchantment that has four plus one plus one counters on it we did it we're breaking new ground <laughs> that's weird and then it has the uh, the modified creatures you control have haste and then remove a plus one, plus one from Invigorating Hot Spring. Put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Activate this ability as a sorcery and only once each turn. So basically, it gives four of your creatures that you... Uh, four of your creatures can get plus one, plus one counter and haste throughout the game. Mm-hmm. And so if you play like a two mana two two, you can play this on three... And make your two mana two two a three three to get in damage, and then yep. your four drop can get bigger and have haste. Yep. So, uh, red green cares about modified stuff for yeah. the most part. It like wants you to make like a big, either one big Voltroni creature, or like a bunch of creatures that have counters or are equipped. And there are things that key off of the number of modified creatures yeah. that you have, or do you I just have the some. modified. Yeah, I think most of the modified payoffs count the number. Yeah, and there's some that are like you need two, or some that are like reduce yeah. the cost by the number of modified creatures you have. Yep. All right. What do we have here? Next up, we have a Jukai Naturalist, green white for a two-two enchantment creature, human monk. Monk. So it's a bear. It has lifelink and enchantment spells you cast cost one less to cast. Pretty straightforward. Mm-hmm. I wonder what uh, the green white archetype is. Uh, probably, probably enchantments matter. Yeah, yeah, um, very much so. What was that rare herald of the something? It was like a green oh, yeah. card that reduced the cost of enchantments by one. Yep. Um. Again, now we have two of this effect in a format like Pioneer. Uh, well, you have three of it. There was a white one, a green one, and now we have a green white one. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, like the the, the yeah the white Starfield one. Starfield something or other. Yeah, yeah. Starfield Mystic. Yes, it? that's it. Yeah. Um, I think I still have all mine. I like I bought a bunch because I was like, oh, this card's gonna be good. And then nothing. So now we have three. Maybe that's the magic number. <laughs> Maybe. The, the problem is, is right, like, enchantments, like, 
are there colorless enchantments? Like, there's probably like some one-off colorless enchantment. Eldrazi inscription. Uh, yes. Okay. So there's our one-off, uh, our one-off uh, colorless one. Yep. But like, it's unlike artifacts, you can't just like go wild and like cast a, your deck full of enchantments. Right. So it makes it a little bit harder to yeah. like do something truly, truly like broken. Yeah. Which is what we all want to do in the end. Truly broken <laughs> stuff. Yep. So uh, we have Naomi, Pillar of Order, three Ooh. white black for a four four. Uh, whenever Naomi, Pillar of Order enters the battlefield or attacks, if you control an artifact and an enchantment, create a two two white samurai creature token with vigilance. So that's what white and black's trying to do is it wants you to have an artifact and an enchantment. When you do something, it'll happen. There are enough random creatures that are enchantments, yeah, creatures that are artifacts that you're not going to have to go out of your way to like have a uh, to have an artifact and an enchantment. Like it's going to happen pretty naturally. Yeah. Oh, you know what Naomi backwards is, right? Can we say that on the on the pod? It's I moan. Like, it's not yeah. bad. <laughs> uh, I learned that from Van Wilder. Yep. Early Ryan Reynolds. <laughs> if there are any kids watching, you can't watch that movie. <laughs> That's for your parents to relive their youth. That's right. Um, this one's for you now. This is, this is right up your alley. Yeah. Black and we red. We got the uh, Oni Cult Anvil. It's an artifact, costs a black and a red, and it says whenever one or more artifacts you control leave the battlefield during your turn, create a 1-1 colorless construct artifact creature token. This ability triggers only once per turn. So it's kind of hidden, was it hidden? Stockpile. Hidden salvage? Hidden stockpile, yeah. Where that made um, little servo tokens, and this kind of does the same thing. Except on Hidden Stockpile, you paid a mana and sacrificed an artifact to uh, scry Scry. one. And this one, you just tap it and sacrifice an artifact, and it will drain one. Yeah. So, pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, right up my alley. Sacrifice outlet, cares about artifacts. Just a little bit of everything. Yep, black and red are doing. Um, Blue-white, like, blue-white has a very clear thing that they're doing and that is vehicles and so we very have strange prodigies prototype so one blue white for an artifact vehicle it's a three four when it's screwed and whenever mm-hmm. one or more vehicles you control attack create a one one colorless pilot creature token with this creature crews vehicles as if its power were two greater and this has a crew cost of two so the pilot that you make it's overqualified to drive this vehicle. Yep. Yeah. This car is a regular driver's license and <laughs> he has a CDL. Um, so very much like the vehicle's archetype is weird in that they, right? Like it has the biggest fail case in like limited. Like, if you have yeah. a, an opening hand with like three vehicles and four lands, like you can't realistically keep it. Right. Right. Cause like if you, you just like play a bunch of things that don't do anything that don't attack and block. Blank but, cardboard. Yeah. Blank cardboard. But 
vehicles are always over costed for their um mana cost or yeah. overstated for their mana cost so if you do get to crew them you are usually like up in terms of like power and toughness so like this on turn four is as big if not bigger than most of the things you would expect your opponent to have on the battlefield mm-hmm. uh but if you don't crew it it just doesn't do anything and you're very sad it counts so, as an artifact it does it, <laughs> if nothing else it counts as an artifact yeah um it does look like there's a bunch of cards that make the pilots though yes and some of the vehicles make their own pilots also yes like this guy you, you have to start the party but yeah but then you keep getting bodies yeah which so. should offset some of that yeah like once you get one crew you should continue to get crewed yeah so the uh, the last signpost uncommon is Silver Fur Master. It's a blue and a black for a 2-2 rat ninja with ninjutsu blue-black. Um, again, if you're looking for more information on how ninjutsu works, make, you, make sure you check out last week's episode. It says ninjutsu abilities you activate cost one less to activate, and other ninja and rogue creatures you control get plus one, plus one. So it's a ninja lord. Yeah. Yeah. Uh- it's good. It's a good call back to the Ninja Turtles uh, or call out to the Ninja Turtles homage. Uh, I mean, I think his biggest problem is it's not evasive in any way. So it's not going to like allow you to get like a ninja in. Yeah. But like, it's going to make all your other ninjas better. Yeah, it is. It is. I mean, you're going to like, you know, ninjutsu it in on turn two, sneak it in, get in your two points of damage. And then, you know, on turn three, like play some things that let your next ninjas get in. So you can do the like, you know, three or four, uh, like try to get two or three things in at at one time. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of all the limited archetypes. Um, Again, it's useful to know what all of these are, like going into a draft environment so that you don't pick like, a bunch of the white cards that care about them being artifacts and a bunch of the green cards that care about enchantments and then play green white and the two halves of your deck don't work together. Yeah. So. So. Things right. to keep in mind. Now we're going to go through, now we've kind of talked, covered the draft archetypes. We're going to go through and do all of the uh, cards we kind of found interesting or mm-hmm. other people found interesting for us. Did our work for us. A little bit of both. A little bit of both. If the slide wants to change. We're going to figure this out. There we go. <laughs> so we have Brilliant Restoration 3, white, 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 white. For a sorcery, return all artifact and enchantment cards from your graveyard to the battlefield. Hmm. So this sounds like a lot of mana, and it is. It is. But this effect was, uh, was it sec- is second Sunrise 6 mana? I think so. And second Sunrise returns all artifacts to from the from your battle from your graveyard to the battlefield. And when there was second sunrise and the other one, uh, like that was just a modern deck where people just did like massively super long turns. Now I think yeah. the other one was like four mana, where you just like sack all your artifacts for value, 
get them back, do it again, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. So this is like right on the edge of it might not be good enough. Mm-hmm. But Superman is a lot. Yeah. But think of the number of things recently that we've like had priced at seven mana. And we all went, of like, the ultimatums. All of the ultimatums. Uh, Elrond's Epiphany, though technically yeah. kind of six ish. Um, uh, what's his name? Agent of Treachery. Yep. Right? There's been all this stuff that they've put at seven mana because seven mana is a lot of mana. Yep. And then, like, it just gets played and banned and makes life miserable. I don't think there's enough, like, eggs. So, like, just, like, little artifacts you sack for some effect in standard to make this good. But, like, it's one of those cards to keep an eye on that, you know, if, you know, if it gets cheap and you get, and you're able to get some, and then they, like, print some artifact in Brothers War that's, like, sack it and get two mana. And then it's like, oh, wait a minute. Like, now we have, like, eight Terrarians, and this is a problem. Yeah. Is that a red guy that pings? Wasn't he in Keldheim? Uh, the Reckless, f- ETBs? Reckless Fireweaver? Yeah, I think so. That's uh, Kaladesh. That That's Kaladesh. Oh, they sound the same. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, Kaladesh Remastered came out, like, the same time. Yeah, it did. Keldheim it did, like, right, right before it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, like I could use it. I could have used another remastered set for uh, Arena, but it's neither here nor there. So yeah, different episode, buddy. Different episode, <laughs> but yeah, this is a uh, this is a card to just keep an eye on because it does a thing that has been shown to be super powerful. Yep. And you know, going up one mana is that going to be enough to really turn it off? Yeah. This next one is a Cloud Steel Kirin. Uh, two and a white for a 3 2 artifact creature equipment Kirin. It has flying, and the equipped creature has flying, and you can't lose the game, and your opponents can't win the game. And it has reconfigure for five. So you pay five mana, reconfigure this thing into an equipment, stick it on something else. Um, I think this card's a trap, it's not very good. Um, you should not try and make it work because it won't work for you. Yeah, like in standard, there's enough like removal that yeah. this is this is vulnerable on the like I'm gonna reconfigure so they blow up your creature, right? Or I'm gonna spend the five mana to reconfigure so I'm gonna get my equipment blown up with a with a, a play with fire, right? Right. So you spent like, five mana. Yeah. So you this get is shocked. Yeah, this is just not the kind of rate you want in uh, in in standard or in constructed magic in general. Yeah. With that said, I am going to lose a game because it's limited because I do not have a removal spell for it, yeah. and I'm just going to look like a dope as I like deck myself out. So that's kind of an interesting point that I guess we can talk about here since I don't think it's going to show up later on in the episode. Um, When you're playing limited with this set, a lot of the creatures in this set are either artifacts or enchantments. Mm -hmm. So the removal spells that say like 
exile an artifact or enchantment or destroy an artifact or enchantment normally those would like live in your sideboard and you wouldn't pick them super highly they're just a removal spell in this set because every deck is going to have a creature target for them yeah so like you can probably easily play like one of that effect in your deck and know that you're going to have like a target and if you're like playing like best of three it might be that you can go up to two or three when you see that your opponent is green white enchantments and they have 12 enchantment creatures and you're like oh anything that says destroyed enchantment is great but like well like most of the red creatures are artifacts as well this is true so So like you get like I think only no blue has as much. Yeah, I don't know if there is like a color. I don't know if someone can put together a deck that yeah. doesn't have like five targets for your for your spell, not yeah. counting other artifacts and enchantments in right. uh, doing artifact and enchantment things normally. Mm-hmm. So yeah, at least one, maybe two. I wouldn't go like super hard, but right, but it's. Like, they're definitely playable, whereas in most sets, they just live in your sideboard. Yes, very true. All right, so um, this is Commander Gold, Jerry. Commander Gold. <laughs> and some awesome sub art. Some awesome sub art. So we have Farewell, four yep. white white for a sorcery. Choose one or more. Exile our artifacts, exile all creatures, exile our enchantments, exile all graveyards. This is like an easier to cast planar cleansing. I guess it misses planeswalkers. Yeah. Where planar cleansing would sweep those up, but it switches planeswalkers for graveyards. Mm-hmm. Um, from what I understand, this is all you want to do in Commander ever. <laughs> yeah. Is just exile all the things. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if this saw some amount of play in like a regular format as well. Yeah. Like yeah. six man is kind of a lot, but it's super versatile. Like it nukes graveyard decks, it hits a wrath, hits random artifact decks. Kind of yeah. does everything. Yeah, like there's not a there's not really a point where it's like unless you're playing against like hard blue white control. Yeah. There's not a point where it's not good. Yeah, and, but even then, like a lot of those decks have like the Celestis or whatever that are trying yeah. to use that to draw cards and yeah. just hits it. Tag, you're it. I mean, in, in Historic, the blue-white control deck is like a Lotus Field combo deck to get like a ton of mana. So like yeah. they routinely have six mana on turn like four. Yep. So... Then, like, Farewell is just, like, whatever your problem is, it goes away. hmm So, yeah, no, I think this is a really solid card. And it's one of those cards that might, like, sneakily be expensive. Yeah. All right, what this is this? another one that I'm pretty excited for. This is Lion Sash. One and a white for a 1-1 one, one in artifact creature equipment cat. You pay a white exile a card from a graveyard if it was a permanent card put a plus one plus one counter on lion sash and it has reconfigure two and equipped creature gets plus one plus one for each plus one plus one counter on lion sash 
So this is like scavenging ooze, mm-hmm. except it also gets counters for like planeswalkers and artifacts and enchantments, whereas Scooze is just creatures. But you don't get to gain life. Yeah. But you also can suit up something else. Yeah. So like I think the biggest use for a re- for a reconfigure is like like against a control deck or something hiding your equipment from like a sweeper or removal. Yeah. Or hiding that creature because you're like, oh, I'll put my lion slash on something. I'll eat some things. My creature becomes a four four, and then there's like a wrath, and now you've got your three three lion slash uh, lion sash that falls off. Mm-hmm. And that's not something that like scavenging use can do. Right. Right. But also to note, like if you equip, if you reconfigure the lion sash and it doesn't have any counters, it doesn't do anything to the creature. I mean, the lion sash still has the, uh, still has the ability card clause, but yeah. Yeah. But like until you've exiled a permanent, you haven't, right. you, you're just like hiding it from removal at that point. But no, it is a good card. Like, this is another like white seeming effect that white hadn't had access to. Yeah. So it kind of fixes that. All right. So we have a saga. So there's like three sagas or four sagas for every color. Mm-hmm. And so here we have uh, Makoto's Reign of Truth. It's uh, one on the white for a saga. Uh, mm-hmm. Chapter one and chapter two are the same. Target creature gets plus one, plus one until the end of turn for each artifact and or enchantment you control. So it just gets plus one, plus one by the fact that you have this as a saga. Right. And then um, chapter three, you exile the saga and it comes back as portrait of Mikado. Uh which gets, which is a zero zero enchantment creature that gets plus one plus one for each artifact and or enchantment you control. So it's a one one from the fact that it's an enchantment. It's an enchantment, yeah. Um, it's kind of cool. It's like uh, all that glitters for chapters one and two, a temporary one, mm-hmm. and then it's a thing with all that glitters for chapter three. Yeah, it's. It's hard though, because the decks that play like all the glitters specifically like trigger off of auras, right? With like Srom, yeah, and uh, yeah, that's true. And the stupid Eidolon, yeah, his hateful Eidolon, and then uh, what's his name? Uh, Core Spirit Dancer. Mm-hmm. So like, like you you do get the all the glitters, but then you lose the synergies with those with that part of the deck. Yeah. So, what about like in standard with some of the things that care about like enchantressy stuff though? Nah, could. Right. I mean, even like the the two two uncommon that like reduces the cost of. Uh, yeah. That you play this, you play that, then you play this, and then it becomes bigger, so mm-hmm. it can like get in, and then like this only costs you one mana, so you can play something else after it. Yeah. Yeah, that could be reasonable. I mean, and then the body that you get if you've built your deck correctly is just going to be generic big, big. Right. Right. You like yeah, for you... a two mana investment, like big, big is fine for two mana. Yes. Yes. Ask Tarmogwife. Yeah. Big, big is fine for two mana. That's right. 
All right. This is the one I put on here. Rast for. I like this guy too, but yeah, go for it. Spirited companion. One and a white for an enchantment creature dog. He's a one one. And when it enters the battlefield, you draw a card. Mm -hmm. So we are slowly completing the cycle of one uh, of two mana one ones that ETB and draw a card. Yeah. Right. We have this now. We have Elvish Visionary. And we have, oh, what is the black one? Dusk Legion Zealot. Yes, Dusk Legion Zealot. Uh, that one makes you lose a life because it's black. Um, blue kind of has the, well, I guess we have Fibble Thip. Yep, we have Fibble Thip. And uh, my first thought was uh, uh, Silver Gill Adept. Jumps yeah, through extra. Kind of, sort of. Kind of, sort of. It's a 2 1, and you have to jump through an extra hoop. But so we're just missing the red one, which is. Kind of Abbot of Carol Keep, but not really. Yeah. But well, I mean, like... that's how Red would do it, though. Yeah. Um, you have, um, what was that guy? The Fireweaver, Rectos. Oh, yeah, yeah, Rectos Fireweaver. You discard a card and draw a card. Yeah, was that Rectos Fireweaver? The one with mm. Spectacle? Is that the one I'm thinking of? I, Rectos Fire, Fire Wheeler was the Black, Black, Red, Red 4 3. I know what yeah, card you're talking no, about. No, it's and it's got spectacle for two black red, and you like discard yeah. your hand and draw three. I yeah. forget what it's called, but yes. So, all right, we're but we're like slowly building this out, and like it, this is just a generically good card. Like think about how good um, Thraben Inspector was. Yeah, and it was kind of three mana on the installment plan. Get a one two draw card. Yeah. Right. This is one less mana to kind of get you to the same spot. But it's also an enchantment for all the stuff that cares about enchantments. And I mean, just like Thraben Inspector, uh, like kind of powered like the vehicle decks in standard, right? Yep. There's a lot of there's a lot of vehicles that have crew one in this <laughs> format. Where like you play the vehicle and then you're just like, oh, spirited companion, get my card back, crew my vehicle, bash. Yeah. Seems like a reasonable play pattern. All right. So this one. This one can't possibly go wrong, can it? <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't know if it's good enough, but we'll see. So anchor to reality. Two yep. blue blue for a sorcery. As an additional cost to cast this spell, sacrifice an artifact or creature. Search your library for an equipment or vehicle card, put it onto the battlefield, then shuffle. If it has mana value less than the sacrifice permit's mana value, scry two. It should never have mana value less than what you sacrificed, ever. No, you should always go up. You you um, have you have made a big mistake. Yeah, some relevant big things that I thought you could get with this. It's a little weird. Like a lot, There's a lot of people relating this to Tinker, where it's just like an extra mana on Tinker, but it's not. Like Tinker gets any artifact. You go get a Blade Steel Colossus or whatever. This only gets equipment or vehicles. Um, it can get Cauldra. Yes. It can get Batter Skull. Mm -hmm. Both of which are equipment with living weapon that enter like attached to something. And then for equipment, it can get, or for vehicles, it can get the big boat. Honk. And uh, Parhelion. Yeah. 
I don't know how you're crewing Parhelion, but hey, there's the uh, one white uh, two one hotshot mechanic that crews is oh, if, it, yeah. if, if it's uh, power with two graders. So it's a two one. It crews for four. Get in there, yep. buddy. And even uh, I don't know if it's on the list or not. The seven mana seven seven trample haste vehicle crew two. Yeah. Yep. Right, like that's kind that's asking a very specific question of your opponent <laughs> right okay do you have an answer yeah. let's find out i mean and we have uh oh gosh what is it uh what's a treasure whatever the artifact land oh yeah yeah right like hmm. turn turn four sack your land get like just a giant uh, seven seven vehicle crew it up and smash you yeah like that seems like it could be reasonable mm-hmm. it's, again uh, this sets colossus hammer yeah again would you would you like to lose a draft because i just laid out how you will lose a draft or two <laughs> you're just like doop to doop to oh no they're like yeah. what could they possibly have oh the seven seven vehicle is a common mm. oh no <laughs> yeah, I think that like Cauldra and um Batterscar are the two best things to get. Yeah. But you're in this weird spot that it's like Stoneforge just does it better. Like yeah. with like significantly less risk. But uh as we've seen, many a fixed version of a card end up not being fixed. Right. Right. And I'm not saying that this is currently broken as it as we sit here but in three years if we go to like you know uh well we see let me lay something out for you real quick okay you know what this set has that we haven't had uh phyrexia mana max oh yeah do you know what urza used to battle mishra with back in the brothers war oh a mech that's right max oh so we could just get a bunch of max i was saying right we're setting up to go back to phyrexia we are what, doing that also and what's in phyrexia the swords things, things with living weapon yeah right oh, so, living swords yeah so it only takes like you know someone to be like asleep at the switch and make like you know a 10 yeah. mana like living weapon like that makes cauldra look like a joke yeah and then all of a sudden you're just like oh man or like self or like you know a a vehicle that makes its own like germ pilot <laughs> right living vehicle where it makes its living own crew vehicle. and you're just like oh and then it's like oh no this card's busted yeah so I think for like standard, there's not enough going on. Like, there's not enough options of things to go get. And yeah. I think everyone. I, I, I kind of like that deck you just outlined where you go to get the 7 7. Yeah. I mean. Like, that's kind of cool. I mean, it, in best of one, you will win some games quickly. Yeah. Um, but, like, you I have think. A, there's blue mana dorks that cast instants and sorceries too, right? Yeah, there are. So I ramp this out on turn three. Ooh, yeah. I mean, it could very well work, but I think as you go, as the timeline of magic progresses, 
mm-hmm. things like this will get like better. Yeah. Because they will just like will go to like Kamigawa I don't know, neon apocalypse or something. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, there'll be even cooler vehicles. So Alright. Ooh. I hadn't looked at the art on this. This is nice. Yeah. Disruption protocol. What does this do? It's a uh, blue blue for an instant is an additional cost to cast the spell tap an untapped artifact you control or pay one counter target spell. So it's either a cancel or if you have an artifact, it's counter spell. Yeah. I mean, seems reasonable. They did this. Um, they had one with Metalcraft years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, where have you had what Metalcraft has three artifacts? Yeah. Then it was like it was cancel, or if you had three artifacts, it was counter spell. Yep. So I think this is pretty solid. Like there's enough cheap one mana blue artifacts that like have some marginal use that just make this counter spell and counter spell's pretty good. Yeah, I mean you know, go back in older formats, Mishra's Bobble. Mm-hmm. Um, right, people are like playing Springleaf Drum in a lot of things right now. Yep. Uh, in historic, as it much as much as it pains me to say it, Esper Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Right, you're just like, I'm not gonna attack with my one one go, and then you just counterspell them with Disruption Protocol. Yep. So, I know it feels like it has like a home somewhere. Yeah. So. And the art is pretty cool. It is pretty cool. Okay. This guy also has pretty cool art. Hey, buddy. So we've got Jin Kataxian Progress Tyrant. So it is five blue blue for a five five. Legendary creature, Phyrexian Praetor. So um, whenever you cast an artifact, instant or sorcery spell, copy that spell. You may choose new co- uh, targets for the copy. This ability triggers only once each turn. Thank God. And then mm-hmm. whenever an opponent casts an artifact, instant, or sorcery, counter that spell. This ability only triggers once each turn. Um, So this is very similar to the card that got spoiled a million years ago. Or got leaked. Um, it changed a little bit, but it's kind of the same. Um, Mostly the same. So, the ability is powerful, right? They have to, like, burn two removal spells to kill Jin. Mm-hmm. That's good. Um, if you have, like, a deafening silence, they just can't yeah. ever cast non-creature spells ever again. <laughs> That's good. Um, it has a very big problem. It has the same casting cost as Holebreak Horror. It does. And which I know which one I would rather play. <laughs> uh the one that's I mean, you can unbeatable. play them both you can you can but the one that is stone unbeatable is the one i would rather play yeah. and that is hallbreak horror that is for some reason plus two plus three yeah. has flash yeah i think that Jin like is a good card but it's kind of like a victim of the fact that hallbreak horror exists exists <laughs> right Right, if there wasn't Hallbreaker Horror, like this seems like a 
pretty good control finisher where you play it and like if they don't have two removal spells they have to like sit and wait to draw a second and now you're sitting on you know counter spells to get their second spell that they had to draw or you know you're like cast a draw cast a draw two and you just draw four cool game over but I think with Hallbreaker Horror, it's just like, that's just a better card. As wild as that yeah, sounds. I mean, it probably is. Um, but also, like, if you do a couple seals this weekend and you end up with one of these and you don't have any Hallbreaker Horrors, like, I think they could be interchangeable too. Yeah. Like, if you're wanting to build like a blue white control deck or whatever and you don't have Hallbreaker Horrors, but you end up with one of this, I think it probably fills a very similar role. Agreed. Agreed. Speaking of mechs. Yeah. This one's Mobilizer Mech. One in a blue for a 3-4 vehicle with flying. And whenever it becomes crewed, up to one other target vehicle you control becomes an artifact creature till end of turn. And it has crew three. So you crew this guy, and then it crews something else. Yeah. Like uh- a Parhelion. Uh, or uh, the one mana seven eleven vehicle from Kaladesh. Oh, yeah, yeah, it does. You yeah, go does. that, and you go mobilizer mech, and then you play anything with three power, and you're like yep. ten. <laughs> you're go. The like, um, you- so one thing that is kind of cool about this card is it doesn't have do attack to do with the thing fair so if you have the con was it consulate dreadnought is yes. the one mana 711 if you have that thing in play already and then have this like play this thing on turn four or whatever and then crew it that automatically crews the dreadnought oh good point yeah so it doesn't have to like it's crewing almost has haste. Right. Yeah. Um, another trick you can do is you can like recrew a vehicle. Mm, so yeah. if you have a bunch of dreadnoughts, you can just like crew this, turn something else on, crew it again, turn something else on. Um, so here's an interesting thing. So crew, the reminder text is tap any number of creatures you control with a total power of three or more. It doesn't mm-hmm. say other. It can crew itself. Uh, no, they eroded it. Oh, they did? Yeah. They, or they didn't errata it, but they changed the way crew works. Crew Vehicles can't crew themselves anymore. Uh, okay. Yep. Did they, they do should this? be in the comp rules update. Solid work. Okay, thanks for the reminder text that is wrong. Yep. Uh, okay. Can't We can't break it that way. But, like, yep. you know, your blue-white historic deck that's playing Parhelion... Um, oh, what is his name? The Toolcraft Exemplar. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, yeah. And then the... This is uh, great with that. And then, oh gosh, uh, the uh, our anchored to anchored to reality, right? Mm-hmm. 
to yeah. go get what to go get your parhelion to like so like here's how you're crewing your parhelion right yeah. and you play thraben inspector to get yourself your token yep to get your artifact for your anchor to reality mm-hmm. oh, we got a stew going here <laughs> seems sweet we got the two three dream stew let's go um <laughs> no but i think this card like we were going through and i was like did we put this card in the list because this is a card that i think is like super interesting it it's like interesting. right at that like balance of like this could be really good mm-hmm. but it also like the crew cost might be just high enough to not get there well i mean i think you're spot on the money with toolcraft exemplar and i'll also add in like scrap heap scrounger oh yeah uh, I mean, this is not too far away from Heart of Curran. Correct. Right. I mean, they both fly. This is a little bit smaller. Uh, and in the early game, the Vigilance didn't really matter. Right? right. So, like, it's super close to Heart of Curran, and that card just, like, ran standard for a long time. Yeah. So we Esper vehicles instead of Mardu vehicles? Yeah, you could uh Yeah, Esper would work. Or like your Jeskai, right? Like you play a veteran motorist mm-hmm. and those kind of things. Right? I mean, uh or just like pick your favorite like uh what is he called? Seasoned hollow blade. You're just like ah, whatever. Yeah. Uh he's indestructible, get in there guy. Yeah, no, I think there's yeah. a lot of ways to make this work. And, like, the gains where you, like, you know, whatever it, Consulate Dreadnought into this, into Cruit, on turn yeah. three, and you just 10 your opponent, and you're just like, all right, like, can you beat this? Like, you're dead on turn four. Like, you're going to feel like a genius. Like, I am the greatest. <laughs> you're a genius because you're listening to us brew your deck for you. That's right. That's right. Like the other cool thing is most of those cards that we just rattled off are like commons or uncommons. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Toolcraft Exemplar is a rare, but this is an uncommon. Uh, the Consulate Dreadnought is an uncommon. An uncommon. Veteran Motorist is an uncommon, though then you get into like yeah. making your mana work with rares. Um, yeah. What are other. Uh, Season Hollow Blade is an uncommon. Like there's yep. enough, like. Like there are enough white three power two drops yeah there's like take your pick there's there's the one for you out there the um anchor to reality is an uncommon also yeah they put some wild uncommons in this set uh yeah it was have you listened to lr's set review yet yes twice there are so many uncommons and commons that read that they like gave like a b2 yeah so that you're just like, oh, like, I guess if I open yeah. this, I kind of have to take it, which yeah. like crazy. Yeah. I don't know. Did you see there was a uh, tweet from Stephen Crokies who was like, Magic Gathering is now affordable after four mythics are printed at common and uncommon. <laughs> and like the the crab, the five, seven crab, that's also a counterspell. Yeah. Was like one of them. And it's like, yeah, it's just a wild amount of like st- things on a card. I forget what the yeah. other ones were, but it was just like, oh yeah, these are nuts. All right. Uh reality heist. Um yet another I might be broken card. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, five blue blue for an instant. This spell costs one less for each artifact you control. So it has affinity. Never been an issue. Right. Um, look at the top. Never se- been broken. Never. Not once. Look at the top seven cards of your library. You may reveal up to two artifacts from among them. Put them into your hand. And put the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order. So it's dig for your time only for artifacts. Mm-hmm. Um, so apparently this was one mana less uh, in development. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently Brian Gottlieb uh, consulted on this set. And he said he remembered looking at this card and being scared. Yeah. And then, like, he's like, but I think they added a mana to it. I don't know how much it fixes it. But, so, again, Brothers War, you're probably going to have a ton of artifacts in your constructed deck, even in this set. I mean, we we just got Blood Fountain, right? That's two artifacts. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, there's just random places to get extra artifacts. Yeah. Um, Even someplace like Legacy... You know, there's uh, eight thought, mm-hmm. right? Like this is just kind of thought cast, yeah. Right, it's one more mana than thought cast, which is a big deal, right? It's blue, blue in the best case instead of just blue, but it's just like pick your best two artifacts out of like your top seven as opposed to whatever random couple cards you get from thought cast, right? Right, like the deck might end up being too much air, but like you play like Thought Monitor, Thought Cast, and then you just play like these, and you're just like, okay, I'm just gonna like have way more cards than you at all points in this game. Yeah, right. I'm just gonna be playing like two mana dig through times consistently, mm-hmm. and unlike the Treasure Cruise dig through time, where Treasure Cruise won because it was always one mana, right. That used a resource. That used your graveyard. It made it go away. So you couldn't play Treasure Cruise and Dig Through Time, right? Yeah, you were only ever casting one one per game. Yeah. So this doesn't use a resource, nope. right? It, it uses two mana. It doesn't consume the resource. It doesn't consume the artifacts that you have. It's yeah. not like improvised. It is tapping them. It's just you could like have three blue mana and go like this get a thought monitor cast a thought monitor mm-hmm. for blue 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 like you you see 10 cards or i guess you see nine cards and you picked the best out of the top seven and then two more mm-hmm. right like do do you lose that game ever like that just seems like you're like right. oh i guess i guess i win like i just yep. have an amazing hand now so, again, a wild uncommon that, like, if it's cheap, it's one of those that you just buy and you sit on for, like, one of the inevitably breaks. Right. Right, where they print some, like, artifact that's just like, oh, if I just get these two artifacts, I win the game every time they resolve. Cool. Mm-hmm. I guess I should look for them in my top seven all the time. <laughs> all right. Okay. Next this- up, we have the reality chip. This was one that I added. I don't think anyone else cared about this, but I thought it was super cool. It's a one in a blue for an 04 legendary artifact creature equipment jellyfish. Boy, that type line. Rolls <laughs> off the tongue. 
Yeah. Uh, says you may look at the top card of your library at any time. And as long as the reality chip is attached to a creature, you may play lands and cast spells from the top of your library. And it has reconfigure for two and a blue. So this thing, like in a control-ish deck, um, I mean, I don't think you can be hard control because you have to equip this to something. But it's an early blocker against aggro. It's an 0-4. Mm-hmm. Let's you kind of look at the top of your library so you can better plan your turns. And then when you get something into play, you reconfigure this and it's just future sight. Yeah, which is good. I mean, think about yeah. how good... Um, no, it was in a different kind of deck, but think about how good like Experimental Frenzy was. Yeah. And it had the drawback of your draw step didn't matter and none of the cards in your hand mattered. Right. This doesn't have those drawbacks at all. It's just like you need a creature. Now... Right. Oh, I guess they're... Okay, it's legendary. Okay, so you could just equip the other one. But, oh, I mean, even yeah. something dumb like... Oh, gosh. Uh, Birth of Miletus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right? stick this on a wall. Yeah, you don't care. I will take my O4, and I will make it... I will stick another O4 on it. Yeah. And now I have Future Sight. Okay, cool. Like, I think that there's ways to make that work, and then you're just going to get so many extra cards. Yeah. You know... The mystical, the whatever the pizza oven, mystical, yep. right? Like that, um, that had a restriction, but just getting the play off the top is yeah. really powerful. And like you said, future what if you set. play this thing with um, Lear? <laughs> I will be playing out of my graveyard and off the top of my deck. <laughs> uh, I will have all the card advantage. Thank you very much. I mean, yeah, you could do that. Like it blocks early, you get your Lear out. You get to like yep. kind of protect your Lear. Uh, well, you can't divide by zero anymore. Right. But, you know, you unsubstantiate something and then you're just like, yeah, we did it. No, I think that there's, <laughs> there's, it's interesting. Like, I'm wondering if there's like, it's hard because it's an O4, right? There's, yeah. there's an argument like this would be like a good card in like a tempo-y, like aggressive creature deck because you're like, oh, when I start to run out of gas... I just play off the top. But the problem is it's an O4 and doesn't fit with like the like right. A plan of the deck. And like you said, it's it fits with the A plan of a control deck of like stay alive. Yeah. But then doesn't fit with, you know, the fact that I'm not gonna have any creatures. But like there's I don't know if there's more than a there's some sagas that like do kind of there's like one saga in particular like uh, supports like, like all of the new sagas turn into creatures yeah but there's like one that is like kind of feels like it's like for a control deck yeah right so like when it turns into the creature then you have this to put it on it's like it like gets you a land gains you a life and then turns into a creature mm-hmm. right like that could be uh, a reasonable thing to do and now you're like okay now i can equip this and you know never miss a land drop and whatnot yeah you could also just play it like in a ramp deck with the Jolly Green Giant. Oh yeah, or or our Tanuki guy. Yep. Well, because you can't channel off the top of your deck. Fair. Oh yeah, because you can just like you could cast the three mana side. But I was just thinking like ramp spells that were also creatures. Yeah. Right. Where you're like, oh, now that I had this creature, I can put this on it. Now I'm playing stuff off the top of my deck. Yeah. So. All right. 
this next one, Legacy Staple. <laughs> I mean, could very well be, right? Yeah. Yeah. Thousand-Faced Shadow. It's a blue for a 1-1 one, one flying. Hey, it's a flying man. It is. That has ninjutsu, two blue-blue. Uh, and when it enters the battlefield from your hand, if it's attacking, create a token that's a copy of another target attacking creature. That token enters the battlefield tapped in attacking. Yeah. So, what do ninja decks want? They want evasive early drop creatures so that they can... Um, ninjutsu onto them. Ninjutsu uh, onto them. And this is an evasive one drop creature. Mm-hmm. Like on color and tribe. Yep. That in the late game becomes a um like kind of becomes a threat itself. Yeah. Right? Like, oh I like if they don't block and they know you have it, you're just like, okay, like I'll put this in and make a copy of the best other creature I have. And it's a permanent copy, but it doesn't it, go yeah. away. It doesn't go away. And because you've already ninjaed this in after blocks, that new creature will not be blocked. Yes, it is definitely getting in. Yeah. So it. this is also kind of, we talked about some of the tips and tricks with ninjutsu last week. Again, if you haven't listened to that episode, go back and check it out because there was some cool stuff in there. But this works with like the multiple ninjutsu trick too. Like if you just have like infinite mana, you can like, yeah. Oh. Or if you have a couple uh, shredders out, where it's just like blue, blue ninjutsu, this guy in, like bounce it back to your hand, ninjutsu in and again, get two copies of something. Splinters. Yeah. Not shredders. Different ninja oh, yeah, turtle yeah, yeah. guy. Sorry, splinter. Yeah. Different ninja turtle guy. I was like, was there a shredder yeah. that I missed? No, um, there wasn't. Yeah. Well, I mean, there is the. Um... Oh gosh. Moon Circuit Hacker? Is that what it is? Or am I mixing it up with the the one mana artifact? But the Moon Circuit... Ha- I think it's Moon Circuit Hacker. Like, Ninjutsu's in for just a blue. Mm-hmm. Right? So, you know, if there's something that you need to make a copy of, like, for five mana, right, you could... Ninju- if this is in, right, you could be like, right. okay, Ninjutsu in my thing that casts one, put this back in, yep. and copy... You know, my 5-5. Five five. Yep. Right, so you could kind of get around it that way. Or like, isn't there the old knob bone? Like, makes treasures for the damage it's done? Oh, yeah. Well, I guess that's legendary, though, so you're not, like, making multiple copies of it. Yeah. Um, But no, this is, like, I think that on some level, Changeling Outcast is probably better. Yeah. But there's also part of me that's like, is this better? This is probably better than like just Ornithopter. Like, I know it costs oh, yeah. mana and Ornithopter does For Legacy, you mean? Yeah. But like, yeah. if you had the choice between playing this or playing Ornithopter, I feel like this is just the better choice. Mm-hmm. Like you might have to rebuild the deck a little bit because they're super light on lands. Yeah, but like you just get to you get a thing that has power and toughness, and like in the late game, turn four, actually like does a thing. Mm-hmm. 
as opposed to a druid ornithopter. Does Boom. nothing. Does nothing. Also, this pitches the force of will and force of it negation. <laughs> when in doubt, does it pitch to force? And it does. No, but this card is like sneaky good and like we'll see play like I'm assuming that like in historic there's a ninja tech. Oh, for sure. Right, because I mean they brought in a couple ninjas. Right. Yep. They brought in like Knight of uh not Knight, gosh. A ninja of deep hours. Mm-hmm. And maybe like one or two others. Yeah. So like this plus like even like the one mana one one the other one mana one one flyer from this set. Mm-hmm. Like you've got your enablers. And you also have Changeling Outcast. Yeah, and oh they have what's his name? Uh Ingenious Infiltrator is mm-hmm. uh is on in historic. So like you have like all of the pieces for a a ninja deck that is unfortunately probably not as good as rogues. Just because Rogues just plays at, like, instant speed. Yeah. But still, it'll be, like, fun, right? Like, mm-hmm. the best Fading Hope deck is the Ninja deck. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, you're just like, and I'll get in, draw a card. I'll, I'll bounce your thing, get in, draw a card. Just having my my best life. Spell yeah. Pierce and stuff. Like, that's, like, going like to be a fun Turbo deck. Fairies. Yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah, Spell Pierce, too. I didn't put that on the list because it's been reprinted a million yeah. times, but Spell Pierce is back. Yeah, but, like, Spell Pierce to, like, back all of these, like, cheap ninjas up. Like, removal spell? No, no. Yep. All right. Oh, buddy. I don't know how I feel yeah. about this card. Weren't so, you the one that asked for it? Maybe. But let's I think see. did. So, this is Blade of the Oni? Yep. So, uh, it's uh, one in the black for an artifact creature equipment demon. So it's a 3-1. <laughs> yeah. It has menace. And your equipped creature has base power and toughness 5-5. Five, five, has menace. And is a black demon in addition to its other colors and types. And it reconfigures for 2 black black. Um, so you can get it with Stoneforge. Uh, you like have the same problem with the other reconfigure cards, which is like, God help you if you reconfigure and they like, I don't know, spike field hazard this. Yeah, that's a bad day. That's a bad day. But I mean, if it's just a one in the black three, one menace, that card's almost good enough. Yeah. Like. And I think this, uh, right, like, this could be something that, like, would go in, like, a mono black deck. Mm -hmm. Where, right, like, you play it, like, your A plan is kind of, this is a 3-1 menace. Like, it's just going to beat down. Yeah. And then, like, if your opponent's, like, you know, plays a Narset and, like, reveals a, uh, a Supreme Verdict, you're just like, all right, buddy. My turn four is... Suit up. Yeah. You hop on someone, we'll kill the Narset, and now next turn, you know, uh, when they Wrath, my 3-1 comes back. Yeah. And, like, you, like, kind of re... You pre-build, you rebuild before the Wrath happens, (laughs) or you make them have to, like, answer the creature that's wearing this before they can Wrath. Yeah. 
So in those regards, it's good. But I also kind of feel like the rare one's better. Could be. But this um, is... All- I had a quick thought while we were talking about this just now. Okay. Is this like the cheapest demon? Demons are normally like five, six mana, right? Yeah, probably is the cheapest demon. Didn't we just get a card not too long ago that cared about having like four different named demons and then you like win the game? Oh, yeah. It was like Liliana's something, contract, whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I guess this would let you get like a demon, which is kind of weird. What is your demon's name? Eh, the Blade of Oni. That is the demon. <laughs> yeah, no, it could be the uh, cheapest demon. Also, this is the Blade of the Oni. It's on this very fancy stand, kind of standing itself up. Not legendary. Nope. There's apparently like every Oni has one. Yeah, I mean, there's a ton of them, and they all got bug legs like this thing. Yeah, it's fine. So, like, you're not even punished for, like, playing four of these. And you're just like, here's my 3-1 <laughs> Menace. Turn three, 3-1 Menace into 2-1. Can't block. All right, I'm just going to keep hitting you with these. Like, you're yeah. never going to block me. Not that I think it's particularly good, but there's a lot of demons that care about, you, like, sacrifice fodder. Mm-hmm. And, like this thing gives some gives you something to do with your sacrifice fodder like when it's not being sacrificed oh yeah like it's just like yeah yeah you're you're like one one stupid token that you don't care about you're just like cool now you're a five five you have to care yeah yeah no i think that it's it's also weird like it makes it a five five instead of just being like you get plus five plus five i guess it just turns it into like exactly yeah just turns it into the Demon, demon sets yeah. as opposed to you know making it oh big what you know what else is cool what is else you is mentioned cool? this isn't legendary right it is not so if you're playing whatever i can't think of that thing is that cares about different named demons like you can have one of these as an equipment and it counts as a blade of oni as a name and you can suit this up onto your human token that has human as the name. Oh. And it's a different name demon. Look at you. We're, we're, we're doing it. We're doing it. I like it. The I deck like is it. terrible, but... It wins it every... thing you can do. It wins every game by going turn two, three, one menace, into turn three, three, one menace, into turn four, <laughs> two, three, one menaces. That's how it wins all of his games. <laughs> all right. Uh, Dakuchi. Uchi. Dakuchi Silencer, which I had not noticed in the smaller art. The weird dude. Guy on his shoulder? Yeah, behind him? Yeah. <laughs> um, it's kind of like a Muppet, but like a really scary Muppet. Yeah, it's like a, a, a Muppet after like, like a five-day bender. Yeah. <laughs> it's Grover that just got back from Vegas. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Fear and loathing in Sesame Street. <laughs> so this is one in the black for uh, a creature human ninja, a 2-1 at Uncommon. We've talked about a lot of Uncommons in this set. Yes. Has ninjutsu one in the black. 
And when it deals combat damage to a player, you may discard a creature card. When you do, destroy target creature or planeswalker that player controls. It seems pretty solid. Like one in a black is a pretty cheap ninjutsu cost. Mm-hmm. And then um, this just turns like every creature in your hand into a removal spell. Yeah. So on like one hand, my first thought was like, eh, like especially like in limited, I want to be casting my creatures. Mm-hmm. But it's not on the cube list. But it might after I have this uh, after I've thought about it for a second, right? If there are creatures you want to get in your graveyard. Oh yeah. Right. This gives you another discard outlet to like fill up your graveyard with mm-hmm. things so i don't know how like you are right in limited like if you have you know some expensive thing that you're not that you're you know you're dying to the stupid platinum angel equipment right mm-hmm. and you're like well i gotta get in with this guy and discard whatever like then it's great right you know you're whatever your two mana uh card that is bad uh, I would say Grizzly Bear, but there aren't any of those in the set. Uh, your two your two mana Grizzly Bear becomes Terminate. Amazing. Right? But also, you know, if you're just like, I want to get this card in the graveyard for value for some reason, this yeah. lets you do that as well. So I've warmed up to it just from talking about it because it's like, oh, I might want to discard something on purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I think it's pretty cool. Like, yeah. Another thing about this limited format in particular is I know in the past when we've done these set review episodes, I think I have always put like the black good comment or uncommon removal spell in the show notes because I wanted to call it out and say, this is, I'm pretty sure in the last few sets, it's been like very good. Yes. It's been below rate and it didn't jump out at me this time. You mean you weren't hyped for Assassin's Inc? Yeah. Um, so if the removal's not great and you're not like picking it high priority because it's not, you know, fantastic, it's not two mana destroy anything, lose two life. Um like this the value of this goes up because you're just kind of naturally gonna have more creatures than normal. Yeah. If you're not like filling up with removal spells. And then, yeah, being able to turn, like, all of the garbage creatures in your deck into kill your biggest thing is pretty good. Yeah, no, agreed. All right, we have Grave Lighter. What does this one do? This is two and a black for a 2-2 Flying Spirit. So it's Windrake. And then it also says, when Gravecrawler enters the battlefield, draw a card if a creature died this turn. Otherwise, each player sacrifices a creature. So the second half of this, uh, three mana ETB, both players sacrifice a creature, I think has been playable like every time it's been printed. We mm-hmm. had was it Plague Crafter, Fleshbag Marauder, Demon's Disciple. Yes, um, I think. Yeah. Like that card always gets played somewhere, somehow. Mm-hmm. And this is that. But is also like a wind drake that can trips if you use a removal spell earlier in the turn or yeah, if you or, traded something in combat. Yeah. Like there's probably like in limited, like if your opponent like makes a sketchy attack into your like two minutes uh, card, it mm-hmm. might just be because they're trying to like trade. 
right. and like draw a card off of this. Yep. Um. So no, I mean, and these are often like constructed playable as well. Yeah. No, this card's sweet. I like this card a lot. As yeah. an uncommon, it's yeah. crazy how many uncommons made made my list this year. Yeah. All right. So uh, here we go. Now this one. This one's in business here. Let's talk about this one for us. Oh, never mind. Makoti Soul Ripper. One in the black for an artifact vehicle. It is a 4-3 with crew 2. And then a paragraph. Uh, Whatever uh, Makoti Soul Ripper attacks, you may sacrifice another artifact or creature. If you do, put a plus 1, plus 1 counter on Makoti Soul Ripper and it gains menace until the end of turn. Yeah, so th- this kind of reminded me of um, the trains from Kaladesh. Mm-hmm. It had the was it Untethered Express or Untethered Express whatever. and Renegade Freighter. Yeah, um, where it kind of just gets bigger and bigger every turn. Mm-hmm. And then it also has Menace, so it has Evasion, and it's a sacrifice outlet for stuff that cares about, you know. Things leaving the battlefield, artifact creatures trigger like blood artist stuff. Mm-hmm. There's some stuff that cares about artifacts leaving the battlefield. Um, and two mana for that effect, I think, is pretty cheap. Yeah. So, something I thought of was again going to like uh, mono black and pioneer. Mm-hmm. When that deck was kind of at the top of pioneer, right? It was like the Thoughtseize deck that had resiliency against mm-hmm. sweepers and part of that resiliency was it had um a looter scooter yeah. right now looter scooter let them you know kind of ditch a bunch of like the creatures that came that like the one drops that are two ones that can't block or under the battlefield tap that come back somehow mm-hmm. right either like blood soak champions on raid uh, gutter bones is like a certain number of cards or whatever, right? A gutter bones was spectacle, wasn't oh, spe- it? Oh, was it spectacle? Then there's the other I one that so. is that is a number of cards, right? Dread Wanderer. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Well, they all have two power. They all yep. crew this thing. Mm-hmm. So right, if your curve is one of your infinite savannah lions, yep. You attack for two. You play this, and then you're like crew it attack sack my savannah lion because i'm gonna get it back and then you know play a fatal push yep right or if you play something like uh um oh shoot what's his name not murderous writer um the guy that draws a card when something dies oh uh morbid opportunist night rider well, yeah, Midnight, I guess there's Midnight, Rider, and then Morbid Opportunist. Yeah. 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 Uh, then you turn it into, like, a value engine. Yeah, it just, like, draws you a bunch of cards. Like, it, it has a lot of uses, and it mm-hmm. also has the use case of, again, like, your opponent, like, cast Supreme Verdict. Okay, yeah. get back one of my dorky two ones, crew it, and smash you for six or whatever. Yeah. So I think all in all, this card like kind of has a ready-made home in like Pioneer and mm-hmm. probably supports 
unfortunately, another like monocolored aggressive deck in yeah. standard. But like, like I said, I think this is kind of better than uh, the mythic. Yeah. But then the blade of the Oni, you mean? Yes. Yeah. Also, like I know he's not, but it kind of looks like this guy has a giant head and he's wearing like a little fez on top. Oh no, that's that's not what it is. I I don't know. It just seems like super <laughs> weird that you have this like Japanese demon thing or whatever it is, and it's just like and a little fez on top. <laughs> I could be wrong. It could totally be a little fez, but it just looks funny. I don't, I don't get it. It does look funny. All right. Pac-Man. Evil Pac-Man with a fez. <laughs> there we go. All right. Next up, we have uh, Nashi Moon Sage's Scion. It's one black black for a 3-2 legendary creature rat ninja. Uh, ninjutsu three and a black. And whenever Nashi deals combat damage to a player, exile the top card of each player's library until end of turn. You may play one of those spells. If you cast a spell this way, pay life equal to its mana value rather than paying its mana cost. So this is kind of like a Bolas' Citadel. And a um, Fallen Shinobi. Yeah. Yeah. Um... I don't know if it's good enough. Like, I think if you like switch the casting cost in the ninjutsu, so it if might ninjutsu be... for cheaper than it was. Yeah, like if it was if it ninjutsu yeah. for three, maybe, but having to wait till four to get that effect. But like, there are definitely times where like you're gonna hit your opponent and you're gonna flip an Azika's chariot, pay four life, and win the game on the spot. Yeah. Uh. So, and it's also something that's probably only ever going to get in once, right? Well, I mean, unless you can bounce it back to your hand. Fair. But, like, it's never going to, like, get in on the ground usually. But right. I think, yeah, like... I mean, it's got no evasion by itself. Yeah. It's one of those that's, like, super swingy. That, like, if the top card of your library is, like, good and they just, like, pay it, you're just like, oh, I can never win. But yeah. if they're just, like, Swamp, you're like, okay, cool, I can beat Swamp. Uh, well, I mean, you get to pick. Like, I mean, the chances you're probably going to hit something usable between like your library and your opponent's library. Oh, it's oh, okay. So it's each I was player's library. So when I was reading each player, I was thinking each like opponent. commander, each opponent. So yeah. okay, it is, it is just kind of fallen shinobi. Yeah, where like shinobi gets two off of their deck, and you get to pick one to cast, right? Yeah. This is you get two, but you get one off each player's library. Yeah, no. I... Well, no, you get one or the other. You you pick one of them. Yeah, but you get two and you pick one, so it's kind of just yes. like Fallen Shinobi. Yeah. So yeah, okay. It's but be it's better than I thought. But yeah, I don't know. I think you will like just lose games, like even in constructed, if you get hit by this, and there's like mm -hmm. anything good on top of your deck. Like, yeah. or like on top of either deck and you're just gonna be like oh cool and unless like something unless you're horrifically behind like always just pay whatever life and oh, cast yeah. a thing 
Like, don't be like, oh, I'm at 15. I don't want to pay five. You definitely want to pay five. <laughs> you absolutely like, want to pay five. Yeah. It, unless unless they're going to kill you, like, just pay the five and get the free cards. Yeah. Right? Like, in modern for years, and even still a little bit now, people will pay one mana and four life to kill, like, a two drop. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's worth it to, like, get something on the cheap and that you don't have to play mana for. So just just go ham. So, yeah, I don't. I just feel like it should have like evasion for being a mythic. Like I feel like it yeah. should have like evasion or. It should have been cheaper or had evasion or something. Yeah, something. Not that like the ninjutsu cost couldn't realistically be like two, which is why I right. said like make it a little bit cheaper than like make it four to cast and three to ninjutsu or something. Yeah, but well, I'm, like the ninja deck's gonna run. Um, the blue black uncommon though, right? Yeah, true. Which would make it cheaper. Yeah, that could maybe fix that problem. Like put that guy in on two, and then you get to put this one on three, and like you're living the dream. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, and if you want to watch someone like force the ninja deck in drafts, I'll try to record a few of me forcing ninja decks because that. <laughs> oh, I'm sure you will. That seems like the thing to do. Yeah. All right. So, I I asked for this one. You did. And this is Soul Transfer. Uh, one black black for a sorcery. Choose one. If you control an artifact or and an enchantment as you cast this, choose both. Exile target creature or planeswalker. Return target creature or planeswalker from your graveyard to your hand. Um, I just wanted to point out that this card is probably a trap. Okay. In that, like, you don't realize, like, how big of a drawback uh, a sorcery is. Yeah. Where you're like, oh, it's Hero's uh, Downfall. And it could also be, like, Regrowth for my best thing. Yeah, it's never, like, as good as Hero's Downfall. So the only place that I was thinking where this might be useful is the SRAM decks in Pioneer. Oh, fair. Where it would like let you buy back your, yeah, uh, one of your things that died because you're gonna. Well, you would have like enchantments, but not artifacts. Yeah, I guess you're right. And like, really don't play any artifacts. I've run into because it's you know, I don't know because it's like Throne of Eldraine standard. I've run yeah. into um some Doom foretold decks. Hmm. Uh. And they would have the artifacts in the enchantments, but then they don't really play creatures. Yeah. Or planeswalkers to get back. So I don't know where it like has like a ready home. Yeah. And I don't think in constructed, unless like you really work at it, that you're ever gonna get like both. Right. And I don't know if working at getting both is worth it. Yeah. So And like you said, sorcery speed is a, a huge huge downfall a uh, downside. What was that call a uh, card from Amonkhet that was like uh, um, one black black, and then the split side was like two and a uh, four, three and a black exile a card from a graveyard. Mega zombie. Mega zombie. Yeah. Uh, I forget what it's called, but like you're like, oh wow, it's like never a, return. Yes, and uh, that you're like, oh that's great. It's like a two for one. It was so painful having to play it at sorcerer speed. It saw a little bit of play because, like, 
the all the removal in black for a while was just garbage. Right. Right. But we have Heroes Downfall at Uncommon. <laughs> we do. Which is like better than Soul Transfer. Yes. Better than the better than the half of Soul Transfer that you're probably going to cast. Mm-hmm. So like don't fall into the trap of like, oh, this has so many like so much upside. It's like, no, it's mainly downside. Yeah. Unless unless there's you're like never... Okay. I was gonna say unless there's very specifically reasons to exile things. Right? Unless we have a bunch of like indestructible yeah. creatures or something. Yeah. The only like I wouldn't ever work on getting artifacts and enchantments in my deck to make this good the only time i would ever even consider it is if whatever deck i was planning on playing for some other powerful reason like had a lot of artifacts and enchantments in it already yeah if you're like oh wow like i've got 20 artifacts and enchantments because i'm doing this other thing and it's like oh i guess this makes soul transfer unembarrassing right Now we're on to red. We are working our way through. Cruising along. <laughs> All right. So what's this guy here? We have bronze plate boar. Uh, two and a red for a 3-2 artifact creature equipment boar. It has trample and the equipped creature gains plus three plus two and has trample for reconfigure five. Mm-hmm. Um. Two and a red is kind of going right for a 3-2 trampler yes. nowadays. And the reconfigure five is kind of steep, but it just turns anything into like instant threat, right? It does. I mean, especially like this is one of the few that just is like, I'm going to put my uh, stats onto you. Yeah. So like this is like a reasonable, if not like not impressive, like aggro creature right it's not embarrassing if you play this on turn three but then like on turn five it turns like stupid goblin tokens you have into actually like beaters right and again like if you play in like your your mechanaut right it's getting cheaper (laughs) if there are other like artifacts and entries you can take advantage of like this just being an artifact might matter as well yep i think it's pretty solid it is all right, Dragon Spark Reactors. My voice cracks going through puberty at 42. <laughs> hey, we've been going for an hour now, so. Okay. Uh, whenever Dra- Dragon Spark Reactor or another artifact enters the battlefield under your control, put a charge counter on Dragon Spark Reactor. And then four, sack Dragon Spark Reactor. It deals damage equal to the number of charge counters on it to target player, and that meant damage to up to one target creature. So it's kind of the red uh, the artifact uh shrine of burning rage mm-hmm. the shrine of burning rage only costs like two to activate yeah but this also like picks off a creature like shrine of burning rage i don't know 90 percent of the time just went dome mm-hmm. right this like gets to do both right it's like okay so like you're more apt to like get it to like four or five and like kill a creature and like deal five to your opponent where like shrine of burning rage if it, you know five six seven you're like okay now i just go dome yeah right um i think it's important to note that 
like a lot, a lot, a lot of the creatures in red in this set are artifacts. A lot, yeah. So this can probably be one of those things where you just like set it and forget it. Oh yeah, like and this it's... is just your two drop, and then you play a normal game of Magic, and then on turn seven, like you kill them because yeah. you've cast enough spells. Or you know you kill their creature, you deal them enough damage, and like, and then you're like, okay, attack. Yeah. Right. You get them dead that way. Yeah, no, it's, I think it's one of those things that, like, if it's in your deck and you've made your deck, and you've made your deck so this is good, it's going to just be, like, amazing and limited. And, like, Mm -hmm. in standard, maybe, like, in constructed, like, um, this is a way to, like, you know, what was that deck I played a long time, like, uh, Whatever uh, the uh, the the teamer creation deck. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You just like play this. And you're just like artifact, 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 artifact. Yeah. Uh, I guess you're dead now. Cool. Yep. Thank you for participating. It's a little harder to get to four mana than it was to get to two for Thassa's Oracle, but right, right, like you know, again or like uh, some like KCI style like eggs deck where you're just like I'm gonna cast just them bunch of artifacts mm-hmm. or um you know things that make artifact tokens so again like uh blood fountains like here's two artifacts it's two counters mm-hmm. yep all right so what's this guy do experimental synthesizer it's a single red mana for an artifact when it enters a battlefield or leaves the battlefield you exile the top card of your library until end of turn, you may play that card. And you can pay two and a red, sacrifice experimental synthesizer, create a 2-2 two, two white samurai creature token with vigilance. Activate only as a sorcery. Um, so we've mentioned a couple times just eggs. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of just an egg. It's an yeah. artifact that basically draws a card when it enters a battlefield. And basically draws a card when it leaves the battlefield Mm -hmm. so just a cheap thing to up your artifact count like for the last card we talked about the dragon spark reactor um i don't know seems all right it's common um, yeah i uh being common it also is gonna let you right if you have like two or three of these right you probably get to start cutting lands from your limited deck Mm mm-hmm Right, you like play this on two to try to hit your land drop. That's true. Hadn't thought about that. Um, right, and then when you get to three mana, right, you pay three and you try to hit your fourth land drop with it. Yep. Right. So, and like you got to get the pick. Like early in the game, it can be just like hit my land drops, and then if you flood out, it's like okay, get a blocker plus maybe hit like a four drop for my because I have seven lands in play now or something. Yeah. It's also like randomly makes a samurai for the red white archetype. Mm-hmm. So it's important yeah. to keep in mind. Yeah. So it's not just like an artifact card. It can also be kind of a samurai card or like yeah. a tokening card as well. Yep. All right. Ex- we have uh, explosive singularity. This is one that I added to the list. Um, mm-hmm. Eight red, red. For a sorcery, this is the mythic red sorcery that's overcosted and never sees play. Mm-hmm. 
Um, as an additional cost to cast this spell, you may tap any number of untapped creatures you control. This spell costs one less to cast for each creature tapped this way, and it deals 10 damage to any target. So this is a 10 damage fireball with Convoke. Mm-hmm. Um, that's a lot of damage. It is. It's also like a lot of mana. It's, um, I mean, it's not, though, if you're convoking. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I... Like, Stoke the Flames was a $5 uncommon. Yeah. And saw play everywhere. But... I realize this is more mana, but this also just, like, ends the game. Yeah, I mean, Stoke's things, though, like, it had Goblin Rabble Master, like, pumping out tokens. Mm-hmm. It had... Jeskai Ascendancy, letting you untap those tokens. So it had other things around it that made it good. Yeah. Um, I'm trying, like, I feel like this is one that's just not going to see, like, constructed play. Because, like, if you're an aggressive deck that's trying to use this to end the game, right, wouldn't you rather attack with your creatures? Like, aren't they going to get in more damage than, like, tapping five of them to make this cost well. five mana? I mean, maybe, maybe not. Depends how gummed up the ground got. Yeah. Um. We'll have to see because I I don't think this will do a whole lot. But I again, I could just get pounded like over and over again for ten, and I'd be like, <laughs> oh, like I, I I see you, Red Field of the Dead, and I'll be like, okay, I was wrong. Red Field of the Dead wins, but. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I'm not saying it's the next coming a field of the dead, but I can certainly see this ending games. Yeah. Well, this is more that I was like field of the dead, seven lands, different names. And you were like, yeah. no crack zombies is good. Crack zombies is very good. <laughs> but I mean, I, I certainly don't think this is as good as field of the dead, but yeah. like there's, it seems like there's enough random things that make like tokens. Yeah. And like, I, I mean, what about your uh, decayed zombies? Oh yeah, like, those guys are around. Having zombies kicking around, like I don't know, anything that reduces costs, I like to look twice at. Fair. And this is a lot of damage to put on a convoke spell. Yeah, I guess I hadn't thought of it as like convoke, but it is, which is weird. Yeah. Yeah. All right, we have Kami's flare. Yep. So three damage to one in the red, three damage to target creature or planeswalker. Uh, Kami's Flare also deals two damage to that permanence controller if you control a modified creature. Yeah. This is this is kind of an insane removal spell, right? For red at common. Oh yeah, this is the best red common in the in the set for limited for sure. Yeah. Yeah, no, this is very good. Like so it's it has modified text on it, but it doesn't matter, right? Like no, one, I mean, the modified text is just a bonus. You would play this anyway. Yes, a hundred percent. Um, like I don't know if like the two damage to that permanence controller, like does it matter a ton in constructed, right? To the point that you like you're not going to do anything to make that work in constructed, but right. if you're playing red white heroic. Mm-hmm. And you're just gonna have 
random modified creatures, right? right? And you want like, you know, two more removals, two more like three damage removal spells in your deck, uh, like post sideboard. Mm-hmm. You could maybe go with this among like other options, mm-hmm. right? Or again, like uh, our, our friends in the popper community, right? Like this seems nutty for like, you know, uh, the, the heroic deck that might be kicking around there. Mm-hmm. Just like, oh, hey, so I... I mean, just, they also just have Lightning Bolt, so... They do, but, like, they only have, like, four of them in their deck. They might want another <laughs> removal spell. They might want something else that can kill a creature. But, no, this yeah. this card is, like... I don't know if it's first pickable based on, like, the power level of a lot of the uncommons in the set. Yeah. But, like, if you had a bad pack and you had to first pick this, you'd be perfectly happy. Oh, yeah. And, like, if you ended I mean, up... I can in... envision many packs where this was my first pick. Yeah. That just had, like, an unplayable rare or whatever. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know... And it wouldn't force you into being modified. Like I said, like, you could end up in blue-red artifacts and be perfectly happy with this card. Yeah. Ah. I think this guy is super sweet too. Okay. Uh, this is Reinforced Ronin, uh, red mana for a 2 2 artifact creature, human samurai. Has haste, and the beginning of your end step return Reinforced Ronin to its owner's hand. And then it also has channel for one in a red, with you basically cycle it. Mm-hmm. Um, this card's awesome. <laughs> I remember when we did the set review for Zendikar, I was mm-hmm. hyped about the Guide Beast, Wayward Guide Beast or whatever. Yeah. And that card was just bad. This is way better than Wayward Guide Beast. Um now there is randomly in Wayward Guide Beast Defense, there is a <laughs> random like twelve mountain Wayward Guide Beast deck. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. So reinforced Ronin is Zergo Bellstriker. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's right? an artifact it's an artifact and instead of the dash cost being two the dash cost is one yeah right? and so when this... it stops being relevant instead of casting it and using it to jump block you can ter- trade it in for a card that matters right but what we have the the dragon whatever was it dragon engine or whatever the dragon thing was yeah right like here you go you want to get a bunch of counters on your thing here's an artifact mm-hmm. for you to cast every single turn this also triggers the uh, Oni Forge. Oh, because it leaves the battlefield. Because it leaves the battlefield. And the Forge doesn't say, like, dies or whatever. It leaves the battlefield. So it just makes a 1-1. One, one. Yep. Yeah. All, like, neat little synergies. That, like, and, uh, like, this doesn't even have to attack in order for it, you to return it to your hand. It just does it. Yeah. You just play it and, like... So turn one, you bring the beats. Yep. Turn two, you beat beat down. And then like turn three, you can just be like, I'm going to get two triggers off of this entering or leaving the battlefield. Play it. Get my two I'm triggers. I'm probably going to draft every one of these I see. All right. You have to let me know how that goes. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I don't know if I'm that, I'm that like, the thing I worry about in limited is like going like one drop and then not being able to play like a two drop. You know what well, I, mean? I mean, why not? Why can't you play a two drop? Well, like, because you like you played your one drop, 
but then it's like back in your hand. So like yeah. you didn't like you didn't play a one drop, but I guess you just at that point you cycle it like it's shock. Or you wait until you draw one of your artifact payoffs and then yeah, then you start playing it and bouncing it. True. And he has three arms, which is pretty cool. Yeah, and one of them's huge and has a lava sword. <laughs> yes. And there's a town burning because he cut it down with his lava sword. I mean, obviously. That's obviously. what you do with a lava sword. <laughs> you, cut, you cut down buildings. No, yeah. I think this card is neat. Um, I don't know how, I guess I, I don't know if you could have like three in your deck. You know what I mean? Like then it gets awkward. Cause, I don't like, know if you could have four in your deck. I could probably have three in my deck. Okay. Okay, we'll have to see when you have the five reinforced Ronin deck and it's like, it's awesome. You just you just cycle it away. Yeah, I guess it can never well, really see, be that bad. see, when you have all of the Oni Forges, though, yeah, well, I guess it, Oni Forge doesn't work. But when you have all of the Dragon Engine things, then you can play all five and then yeah. bring them all back to your hand. Yeah, and you just are like, your, yeah. your, tur- your turn five is just put 10 power on the board and pick it back up. Yeah. You, my friend, are currently on a two-turn clock. Yes. All right. We have... What is this guy? Thunder- Thundering Raiju. Okay. Uh, two red red for a 3-3 three, three spirit with haste. Whenever Thundering Raiju attacks, put a plus one, plus one counter on target creature you control. Then Thundering Raiju deals X damage to each opponent where X is the number of modified creatures you control other than Thundering Raiju. Okay. So this is a... Four mana, four, four haste that shoots your opponent for one the turn it comes out. Mm, no. Yeah. No, it's. Oh, uh, other than Thundering Raiju. Yeah. So it's a gonna, four mana, four, four haste when it comes out. Yeah. And I mean, it can be a four mana, three, three haste that shoots your opponent for one. Yeah. Because, like, you get four, four worth of stats regardless, right. as long as it gets to attack. So, like, if you have, you know, a a three drop, you're just like, okay, this, put the counter on my three drop, you take one. Hopefully your three drop gets in now because it's bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, initially, I was like, it's a four mana three three. Like, what what is this? Like, 1996? But. <laughs> well, like, Emmerstrom Predator was a four mana three three. Kind of. Kinda, and it, and then it was like a five-five indestructible, like a turn and a half yeah. later. Um, no, I think that um, this is interesting. Like it has like a, uh, I guess it didn't really have a like a. I want to say Glorybringer, but that's the wrong one. What is our current dragon that's busted? Goldspan. Goldspan. Uh. Like it kind of doesn't even really have a gold span dragon because I guess it probably because it can get bigger than gold span. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's interesting. It's I initially thought like this card isn't good, but the more I think about it, like it kind of lines up fine. Yeah. And like if you just randomly have some modified creatures. Mm-hmm. Well, right, I mean, trying- this thing modifies your creatures too. If you just randomly have creatures, like it snowballs. Yeah, yeah. I, I was thinking more like you just want to make sure that you have um, uh, like ways to make sure you get the ping. But like, what's it called? Showdown of the Scalds? Mm-hmm. Right. If you're like red white and you like turn four, you play Showdown. 
and then turn five, you play this, put a counter on one of your creatures, attack. Yeah. Put a counter on it. Now you have a four four that pinged for one. Your other creature is bigger. And then like next turn you go ham. Mm-hmm. So no, it could be interesting. Like I'm trying to think like I guess it also like being three toughness, like Dragonfire and like Pyre, Cathartic yeah. Pyre and stuff, like you do run into like some of the removal. I know dies to removal. Yeah, dies to removal is not a uh reasonable argument for why a card might may, may or may not be good, but like yeah. three toughness is a pretty like common break point for like oh no bad things you just gotta to me. cast it and then hit the attack all button really quick so you really fast and have a chance to kill it just really get in there yeah so they can like call the judge at their house and be like it didn't give me time to to, to uh declare stuff or like me get mad because it didn't let you like use your treasures to counter something then you realize that your uh, opponent had a card out and you're like oh yeah my bad <laughs> <laughs> or you mistook your treasures for uh, clues yeah or food yeah totally done that too yeah all right we're on to green now we're doing it we are there's not very many green cards that i thought were worth talking about in this set which is weird. Which is kind of a nice surprise nice hey, welcome change yes no we have generous visitor it's mm-hmm. a green for a one one spirit and whenever you cast an enchantment spell put a plus one plus one counter on target creature yeah, any creature, not just itself. Yeah. Um, it's pretty cool. Yeah, it's got... Um, so, what was... Uh, it's a Tessin Champion, mm-hmm. right? Like, it drew a card when you when you cast a spell, or when you cast an enchantment, but this does the put a, like, put a plus one, plus one counter thing for two less mana. Yeah, like, that was kind of the problem with Tessin Champion, was... Like turn three was kind of an important turn that you had to take off to just set mm-hmm. up for your turn four. And yeah. this thing, like you're not taking a tempo loss to do it. Right. And I mean, not that it like not that the blue white enchantment deck really needs generous visitor, but like we have definitely seen that um you can just play a game plan where you just protect your thing. Not so much that it has like hexproof, right? Right, where you can just be like, okay, uh, Karametra's blessing, or yeah. stupid dog, uh, mm-hmm. and like protect your thing and just like go all in on it. So this is another thing that you can kind of go all in on, but it doesn't draw you cards, which is kind of a downfall and like uh, historic. But we don't. I don't the, know if we. Okay, like the other thing that's kind of cool is. Normally, when we get this effect, it's go tall. Mm-hmm. And this guy spreads the love. Yeah. Um. So, unfortunately, like, it's on cast. So, like, if you play the uh, the dog, mm-hmm. right, the counter has to go on your generous visitor. Right. But, like, that seems like, you know, yeah, a, re- a reasonable limited or, like, the bones of, like, a constructed deck. Because... Usually, like, your enchantments are enchantments, but there's enough enchantment creatures in this set yeah. that this could just be like, oh, you're getting, you know, kind of, like, incidental value from just, like, casting creatures. Yeah. 
Ah, yes. Invoke oh, yes. the ancients. One green, 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 green for a sorcery. It's, you know, create two, four, five green spirit creature tokens. Uh, for each of them, you get to pick if they get a vigilance counter, a reach counter, or a trample counter. Yeah, so four mana for eight ten or sorry, five mana for eight ten worth of stats. Yeah. That's a lot of stats for five mana. That is a lot of stats for five mana spread across two bodies that are also going to get an ability. Mm-hmm. Just And then what happens if you play on turn four in a Seekus chariot? Uh do you get lots more? Yeah. <laughs> um it's so it's like in the mono green deck, its competition is Ren and Seven. Mm-hmm. And I'm assuming Ren and Seven's a little better. But if you are are just worried about the bodies, right? You get way more power in one burst with this than you do with Ren and Seven. Mm-hmm. Right, like it would take you, like, two like two extra turns to get to two bodies. Yeah. Now they kind they end up being bigger, but like this is just more power faster. Yeah, I mean, by the time running six bodies are bigger, your opponent just might be dead. Yeah, you like you know you trap you slap a trample counter on each of them. And yep. It's like all right, like next turn I'm coming in. And you got to be able to block all this. It yeah. had, you know, just like the the rent the rent tokens. It has a fading hope problem, but mm-hmm. there's two of them. They need two fading hopes, right? So, um, I know it's really stressing the mana, but what if you like had a Kaya? Oh, you just make multiple it's tokens. Just five mana for four four fives. That seems good. I was thinking, what about the, uh, they play, it's like a one of the, like, the thing that doubles all your powers and toughnesses or whatever. (laughs) Like, okay, cool. I want to play this. And then I'm just going to, like, you know, have 16 power. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is good enough that it's probably going to see play in the mono green deck. Mm -hmm. Because that, that deck, that deck's not got any worse. Faceless Haven, notwithstanding, the deck's not got really any worse. Right. And this is just like, okay, fine. And again, like, it's an instant rebuild. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, they sweep you on four. You're like, okay, fine. Here's two, four, fives. Do you have another sweeper? Because yeah. one removal spell is not getting the job done. All right. Kami of, uh, what is this? Tra- Transience? Transience. Okay, that's what I thought. Okay. Some wild art on this thing. It is. It's like half tree, half fox. Something, yeah. Yeah. It's a two mana, two, two spirit with trample. And whenever you cast an enchantment spell, you put a plus one, plus one counter on it. That's pretty, pretty typical payoff for an enchantment style deck. Yep. And then it has at the beginning of each end step, if an enchantment was put into your graveyard from the battlefield this turn, you may return Kami of Transience from your graveyard to your hand. So kind of like you were saying before, 
about how like you want to protect your threats. This kind of has protection built into it. Yeah. Like if you put an aura on this thing, like we have all of the runes still in standard mm, under the yeah. battlefield, give a buff, draw a card. Um, this thing will just come back to your hand after it dies. And for two mana, like it's not a huge tempo hit to have to rebuild it. Yeah. So I thought it was interesting. Um, it's cool that they're putting all these enchantment pieces in here. And I hope, I hope enchantress can get some love in standard or, you know, I don't know. We can, you know, not make it. So enchantress is just stupid. uh, uh, Nine lives. Which I'm also guilty of being like, oh, nine lives. And then playing against it, I'm like, oh, I'm just going to have to sit here for 20 minutes. Like, yeah. kill me. Kill me with this stupid Kami. Let's go. Yeah. Let's not make me just sit here for an hour. Oh, the Ninja Turtle. The Ninja Turtle. I like that he's even wearing a mask. Yeah, and like, he's kind of got a sword and his hat's blue. Like, uh-huh. this is this is like vaguely Leonardo. <laughs> Um, so Capitec Wrecker is a, a one in a green for a one three with ninjutsu one in a green. I like how he didn't get reminder text on what ninjutsu meant. Um, Capitec box was too full. Yeah. Capitec Wrecker enters the battlefield with a death touch counter on it. Whenever it deals combat damage to a player, you may remove a death touch counter from it. If you do exile target artifact or enchantment that player controls. So yeah, it's all right. I don't know that it's better than like Rex Sage. No, like I don't think so. Right? It's like you have to be able to attack to get to get it in or like ninjutsu it in. But like yeah. in limited, yeah. like attack, they're like okay, no blocks in here. Just like cool, ninjutsu this in, kill your like greater Tanuki. Yeah. Cool. Now I'm stuck with like a one three. not just kill it exile it yeah like go away like that just seems perfect Mm -hmm. um right so like again like if they attack and you have like an enchantment creature you gotta be like do i need to block this because they might have capitec wrecker and just like annihilate me so that is a thing to consider yep Um, i mean even if this thing just tags like a bronze plate boar yeah, like, like that's. I think, I think I'm fine with that. Yeah, that's fine. Um, Grease Fang. Oh, Okiba Boss. I think it's o- Okiba, but sure. Okiba. Oh, get hooked on phonics. Didn't go to West Virginia. Come on, no. <laughs> uh, so this is one black white for a rat pilot. This is a legendary creature. Um, mm-hmm. It's a 4 3. Which is wild stats for an Orzhov creature. Right? Just wild. Um, and at the beginning of combat on your turn, return target vehicle card from your graveyard to the battlefield. It gains haste. Return it to its owner's hand at the beginning of your next end step. 7 uh, 7 Trample Haste Artifact uh, creature. Mm-hmm. And it crews it. Seems, yeah, like seems this card is templated in a way that is really cool because this happens in that weird mythical like beginning of combat land mm-hmm. before attackers are declared. So this triggers, it brings something in 
then this thing can crew that and still attack with it. Yeah. I mean, in older formats, again, Skyship Sovereign, obligatory. Yep. Honk. Uh, yeah, can, like, deals three to something, gets crewed, attacks, and deals three to something else. Right. Right, that's, uh, the, you just got annihilated, you have no board at mm-hmm. that point. Uh, I don't know how we're getting into the graveyard early, but we'll figure something out. Yeah, figure something out. You got, um... I'm telling you, it's going to be Esper vehicles this time around because you oh, got faithful, faithful mending. mending. Um, and you also can play the uh, mobilizer bot or whatever. Yeah, to also crew your uh, like to crew yeah. your seven seven. Yeah, no, I. Yeah. If a looter scooter wasn't banned in all formats, uh, yeah, that would also it do would the be job. now. <laughs> yeah, it would be now. Um, I mean. And even, like, if you're playing some sort of, like, aggressive uh, black-white deck, these stats are just ridiculous. Yeah, they really are. Like, it has no drawback. It's not like Scrap Heap Scrounger that's like, I'm a two-mana three-two. Can't block. Like, no, it just does every... Like, it's just a regular creature that is way too big for its colors. Um, There's one more thing I want to point out about this card. And that's that typically when we get this effect on a card, the, I don't know, call it Sun Titan effect or whatever. Um, normally there has to be a condition that's met in order for the thing to happen. Either it has to attack, meaning it has to get into combat or it has to die or something has to happen before the effect will trigger. This just happens every time you go to combat and you're incentivized for it not to go to combat. It's got four power, so it's big enough to crew just about anything that you bring back with it. And then it's safe. Like, you're using it to crew the vehicle. The vehicle's going into combat. This thing's safe to do it all over again next turn. And with your faithful mending for Esper vehicles, right? Mm -hmm. Turn two, mending, pitch the giant vehicle. Turn Mm -hmm. three, this, get it back, seven you. Turn four, flashback faithful mending, pitch the giant vehicle, there you do go. it again. So faithful mending gives you two bites at giant vehicle. Mm-hmm. And again, like, uh, you know, the mech or any other like big ish vehicle in older formats also works. Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, in historic Mardu vehicles, like you have faithful looting. Right. Right, so that could also work. All right, so we have Hetsugu Consumes All. This seems right up your alley. Oh, it sure is. This is a Jun card if I ever saw one. Uh, one black red for a saga. Chapter one is destroy each non-land permanent with mana value one or less. Chapter two is exile all graveyards. Chapter three is transform at exile at return to the battlefield transformed. And then on the back side, it's a 3-3 Trampler enchantment creature. And whenever it deals damage anywhere, just whenever it deals damage, put a plus one, plus one counter on it. And then whenever Vessel of the All-Consuming deals te- damage to a player, if it has dealt 10 or more damage to that player this turn, they lose the game. So on the front side of this thing, it kind of just hoses like all the Loris decks. 
Mm-hmm. It blows up all the one drops and then exiles them so Luris can't bring them back. Mm-hmm. Um, it tags hammers. It tags shit that carries a hammer. Um, kind of big game in modern right now. Uh, all the Urza Saga tokens. That's true. It has all the Urza Saga tokens. Yep. And then on the backside, like, it's kind of a weird backside. It's somewhere between, like, Raging Ravine and Dreadhorde Butcher. Mm-hmm. Like, it's going to get bigger, like, every turn, basically. Um, and you can also, I think, kill the next turn if you put the lizard blades on this thing. Um, the double strike blades. Yeah. Do, do they don't give plus one plus one, do they? No, I think they're just double strike. So it would deal three and then four, three and then four. And then the next turn, it'd, oh yeah, I guess it'd be four and then five. So that's not enough. Yeah. It but, needs, it needs something. No, else, it'd but... be five and then six it'd be three. And then three, yeah, but then I mean, then they're just dead from like regular damage, right? Yeah, that's, well, yeah, yeah, that's true. Yeah, I mean, if you have like lizard blades and then pump spell, yeah. Uh, so, but I guess then they're pretty much just dead too. So yeah, <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the like the fact that you just get like a three three, like even without that other text, right? A three three that grows when it like deals damage. Is yeah, fine. Raging Ravine. Yeah. Is fine. And like getting ovens from Cat Oven. Yep. Their food and, cats. and stuff. Yeah, cats and food and yep. uh, all that stuff. Like all seems pretty good. Mm-hmm. All right. So this one we kind of forgot because it was like one of the first cards spoiled. Yeah. But then we it was remembered. It leaked before it was spoiled, right? think but we have satori umazawa so one black blue for a two four legendary creature human ninja and uh whenever you activate a ninjutsu ability look at the top three cards of your library and put one of them into your hand and the rest on the bottom of your library in a random order uh this ability only triggers once each turn so whenever you ninjutsu something you get to uh anticipate mm-hmm and then, oh, and then each creature in your hand has ninjutsu to blue, black. Mm-hmm. Um, so That's like ninja emeralds, ninja emeralds, uh, ninja brands. Uh, they come in, gain you seven, draw you seven. Uh, yep. So that was kind of where everyone's head went, and like that is the most broken thing to do with it. Uh, and I still probably think that is probably the best thing to do with it. I don't know. The most fun thing. How about that? Sure. Uh, But like, it was just a card that we were all like, oh my gosh, think of all these opportunities. And then like, we just all forgot about it once the rest of the set came out. (laughs) I was like, I was like, wasn't there some card that gave everything ninjutsu and like was like, oh yeah, this card. Well, like it's kind of out of place in this set though, because anything that you'd want a ninjutsu in that's in this set already has ninjutsu. Yeah. Yeah, it is very So true. it's weird. Like, then, it's easy to forget from that aspect. Yeah. Because there's nothing really, like, huge that you want to try to ninjutsu in. Yeah. 
Though, like, if you get to get someone with, like, a walking skyscraper in Limited. <laughs> you're done. I did it. I'm leaving now. Um, Circuit Mender. Yeah, it's kind of a neat little bug. It's a three mana, two, three artifact creature insect. So things that care about artifacts entering, leaving the battlefield, it triggers. Um, when it enters the battlefield, you gain two life. When it leaves the battlefield, you draw a card. It's just kind of better filigree, familiar, worse said robot somewhere in the middle. Yeah, I was going to say um, my filigree familiar that was in my cube is sitting outside of my cube because Circuit Mender goes in. Because yeah. it is like plus zero, plus one on filigree familiar. Yeah. And it's not a die trigger. It's a leave the battlefield trigger. So it right. flickers to draw you a card. Mm-hmm. When If it gets ninjutsued, it draws you a card. Yep. It's just better than filigree familiar. Sorry, buddy. Yep. But it's true. <laughs> you were a good dog, but he's got to go. Yep. All right. Um containment construct so this is the combo card that might break legacy probably not maybe i don't know are my lion's eye diamonds a grand yet uh we're getting there i'm sure um containment construct two for a an artifact creature construct it's a two one and whenever you discard a card, you may exile that card from your graveyard. If you do, you may play that card this turn. So it kind of gives madness in a weird way, right? So yeah. madness exiles the card on the way to the graveyard, so it never hits the graveyard. Right. Containment construct, it has to hit the graveyard and then leave. Mm-hmm. Um, but... All of your cards effectively have madness for their casting cost. Mm -hmm. So if you get a containment construct and then some obscure dark steel block uh, enchantment that lets you like look for artifacts with converted mana cost one or zero, you can like go infinite. Oh, you also have to have an elixir of immortality. There you go. No problem easy sign me up (laughs) but it's like you every like loop you like uh you are up like six mana and five life and you can like gain infinite life and infinite mana and then win somehow who cares somehow well i think it was uh walking ballista was the somehow sure i mean eventually you're gonna find it right yeah eventually you'll just draw it out of your deck yeah I doubt it's good enough, but it's one of those things that like is just like kind of sitting around, and it's just weird. There's really, that, really weird. There's real. There's not anything that really discards in this limited environment. Yeah. Right. So it's not here for limited. Right. Right. I mean, unless you like have this and well, channel. Oh. Yeah. 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 And it even... says you may play it, so like you can your channel lands, you can channel and then play fair okay i forgot that like like channel reads so much like a spell i forgot it's like discard okay okay never mind it is here for limited uh but yeah this is one that like more than likely is not busted in in legacy but like 
it's going to be one of those, like, there will be a deck kicking around for a few weeks that people are yeah. going to work on and then realize. Well, I, I mean, I can almost guarantee you that I'm going to buy a whole bunch of foils of this. Yeah. Just in case. Weird card, unique effect. Exactly. Yeah. If it's not broken now, it might be broken in two years. Yeah. All right. We got a land to talk about. This is Mech Hanger. Yeah. Uh, taps for a colorless, or it taps for a mana of any color. Spend this mana only to cast a pilot or a vehicle spell. So it mana fixes your Esper Vehicles deck. The interesting part, though, is you can pay three and tap it to crew a vehicle. Want to crew a Parhelion? Four mana. Yeah. Four mana. You want to you wanna crew your whatever console dreadnought? Consulate dreadnought. Four mana. Four mana. Right. Like, I think the, like, hidden upside of this is if you are a vehicles deck, right, the way that they control your vehicles is they just kill all your creatures, right? Mm -hmm. And if there's a sweeper, like, and you don't have a creature in hand, you just, like, are drawing cards that don't do anything. If you have four of these in your mana base, then you just have, like, you know, four mana, I have a threat. Like, it's, like, the biggest man land. Yeah, oh, you're sweeper-proof. Yeah, you're sweeper-proof. Like, you're... Right? And then if you have the uncommon land that, uh... Um... What's it called? Not the uncommon... The uncommon vehicle that makes a pilot when it yeah. attacks. Right? Now you're back in business. So, this just seems like a way that if you are a vehicle's deck to ensure that you don't get into a situation where you just have a bunch of vehicles and nothing to do with them. Yep. Mirror box? Yeah. Um, I've heard a lot of people talking about this card. I think mainly for a commander. I don't know what you're trying to do with this card. Um I, like it parallels an expensive card. I don't remember what the name of the other card is, but it it's three mana for an artifact. It says the legend rule doesn't apply to permanents you control. Each legendary creature you control gets plus one, plus one. And each non-token creature you control gets plus one, plus one for each other creature you control with the same name as that creature. Yeah. Um, it's Mirror Gallery. Okay, that's the one that's like the legend rule doesn't apply or whatever. Yes, it's just five yeah. mana. The legend rule does not apply to permanence you control. Which yeah. is super weird that like we have a magic card that's just referencing the rules. Right. <laughs> right. In quotation marks, the legend yeah. rule. Um, so I think it's here because one... He said Mirror Gallery is expensive. Yeah. Two, Mirror Gallery costs five. Like, this is way better than Mirror yeah. Gallery, but like, I don't think Mirror Gallery is good. Yeah. Like, what, no, do you, what are you trying to do with Mirror Gallery? I think you're right. This is just like a commander, like, clones deck, right? Where, like, yeah. you can just clone a bunch of legends. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I don't think this is a 
even though it's weird and unique, I don't know that this is a spec because I don't really understand how there can be that much demand behind it. Like yeah. I can only think of a handful of decks that would want this. And even then, like they can only play one. The um, like Sisse legendary creature deck mm-hmm. probably wants this. Like you said, the clone decks probably want this. And then the like Relentless Rats, Persistent Petitioners, Shadowborn Apostles, Seven Dwarves, I guess. Yeah. Decks might want this, but I don't know. I mean, in Mirror I don't think Ga- the card's very good. And Mirror Gallery is not even that expensive. Like, oh, no. It's $32. I mean, it's not yeah. cheap, but yeah. in the realm of like random Kamigawa cards that see play in Commander, it's right. cheap. So, right, like the clone is like a hundred bucks or something. Yeah. Um. So, yeah. It's weird, but it's not like playable weird. Yeah. If that makes any sense. Yeah. I guess if you're the Mirror Gallery deck, you're going to also buy a Mirror Box and play them both. Because apparently that effect must really matter to you. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. know. I don't. I don't get it. Nor you guys can let I. us know that we're wrong, though. Tell us why we're wrong. All right, we've got Reckoner Bankbuster. Yeah, this thing's interesting. So, uh, two mana for a four-four vehicle. It enters a battlefield with three charge counters on it. You can pay two. Tap it, remove a charge counter from Reckoner Bank Buster to draw a card. Then if there are no charge counters on it, make a treasure token, a 1-1 pilot token with this creature cruise vehicles as though its power were two greater. Mm-hmm. So this is kind of like a maze, was it Maze Mind Tome? Mm-hmm. Where it's a little bit of like card advantage over a couple turns and then it like turns into a sticky threat that can crew itself. I mean, it's always a sticky threat, though. Well, yeah. Right, so, like, it... Well, right, but, like, this this is unique in the fact that it's, like, self-perpetuating. Like, you could play mm-hmm. this in place of Base Mind Tome in your control deck, and then instead of sacrificing it, you get a threat. Yeah, like, you get a way to end the game that drew yeah. you three cards. That was my thoughts. But, like, just as, like, a vehicle, right? It can just be like, you know, on turn three, start beating down with my four, four. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Right. It's right. Again, going back to, it's not as good as, Oh gosh, heart of Kieran, but again, yep. it's heart of Kieran stats at, um, right. um, on the ground that like, if it can attack, you're just like, fine, I'll draw a card. Right. And again, like if you're in a situation where you don't have like you get swept and you don't have a creature, it's still going to like is drawing you to is is getting you closer to having one and drawing Mm -hmm. you more cards to make up for your uh, like, you know, your two for one or three for one you got for getting swept. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think this card's cool. Yeah. All right. Um, Roadside Reliquary. It's a land that's for colorless. And then you can pay two, tap, and sacrifice it. And if you do, you draw a card if you control an artifact, and you draw a card if you control an enchantment. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, perfectly serviceable utility land. Yeah. Seems like it could go into, like, there's some colorless ramp decks floating around historic. Right? Like, hey, you run out of mm-hmm. gas. This is at least going to draw you a card out of your land slot. Yep. Seems good. It seems a little rough, like, in limited. Like, you know, this is kind of like a black-white card. Right. But, like, it tapping for colorless. If the rest of your mana is not good enough, it could just, like, screw you out of casting your spells. That's true. But, you know, a land that draws you two cards is pretty good. Yeah, right? for like, two mana? Well, yeah, like... three it, mana, I guess. Yeah. It's but a divination. It, yeah. But if, you know... Again, if you're just doing this and you're going to incidentally have this... I mean, again, think about... Um, oh, gosh. The Doom Foretold decks. Right? Yeah. They're going to have artifacts and enchantments in them. That's yep. just what they do. And they're like, oh, I don't have my Doom Foretold. Okay, fine. Draw two cards. You're going to hopefully find it. Mm-hmm. Right? And I mean, it's a you know, it's a great top deck late in the game. You're just like, oh, I guess I just drew a divination that like let me cast a, a two drop on turn two. <laughs> great. Ah, uh, this guy. This guy. So secluded courtyard. As it enters the battlefield, uh, choose a creature type. You add colorless. Or you can add one mana of any color, spend this mana only to cast creature spells of the chosen type, or activate an ability of a creature or creature card of the chosen type. This is just better unclaimed territory. Mm-hmm. Um, like, literally just strictly better unclaimed territory. Do we now have, like, a perfect five-color mana base? Um... I think because like in your humans decks, you're like worse. The worst land was ancient ziggurat. Like you could play ancient ziggurat, but you might not even have to with secluded courtyard. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you're slivers, you do. Yeah. Right. You have 12 of this effect. If you're a sliver deck. Well, you get more than that, right? There's sliver hive. Unclaimed territory, secluded courtyard, cavern of souls. Oh, cavern! Yeah, yeah, I forgot about cavern. Yeah. So yeah, you got six. And ancient ziggurat. And ancient, yeah, you could just play like only like rainbow lands for creatures. Always have perfect mana. Always, yeah. Right, like I was watching a video of uh, like uh, general. Uh, oh gosh. Is it Rick or Rock? Rock Rick. Rock Rick. That's it. Yeah. Um, like it was like cascading into uh more multicolored spells to like make multiple um golems in a turn, mm-hmm. and it was like, oh, this would be way better if it had a secluded courtyard. Yep. And I also couldn't figure out why it was a legacy deck. I was like, this deck's all legal and modern. Huh. Maybe this is a thing we, that could be fun and modern. <laughs> but, like, you know, your mana is just so good now. Yeah. So, I think this card is just one of those. It's an uncommon. Like, I know uh, unclaimed territory is only, like, a dollar or two now. Yeah. But this is just a card that, like, is going to be played in 
like, you know, tribal decks forever. And, you know, the that, like, activating an ability, like, you know, that's, you know, important. Yes. And it's really there so you can ninjutsu stuff. Oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Yeah. Yeah, because it says creature card. Yeah. So it lets you ninjutsu stuff. Yep. So that's why it's it just also not... lets you activate, like, random colored mana abilities and slivers. Yeah, very true. But yeah, ninjutsu is... The secret sliver card. Yep. Ah, we've talked about this guy a few times. Yep. This so. is Thundersteel Colossus. Doing mm-hmm. like a, I don't know, some sort of crazy jump kick or something. Is he dabbing? Is he dabbing? Yeah. I was going to say, he looks like he's dabbing. <laughs> it's a seven mana, seven, seven vehicle with trample and haste and crew two. Ooh, and it's common. Yes. Yes, yep. it is a common. That's why yep. I was like, uh, whatever, uh, whatever, ultra reality or whatever. Like, you can yep. just go get this in limited. It's not, like, far-fetched. Right. Um, uh, I know that uh, Brad had mentioned um, you could, Tron and, and Popper can play this as their big top end. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what's going to crew it, though. Mold Drifter, baby. Sure, I guess if you're hard cast and drifter. Yeah. Hey, you can evoke it and with the with the oh, stack trigger true. on the you stack. Could with it on the stack. Yeah. Um no, I think this card like it is so they've done two things with like vehicles and like uh, equipment, right? They give you ridiculous stats and either a small mana cost with mm-hmm. a large activation, think like uh, we've brought a, a Council Dreadnought or Colossus yeah. Hammer. Yep. Or they go the other way and they're like giant casting cost, reasonable crew cost. And so it's kind of your job to like, how can I like break this? Yeah. And like, so again, this is where the, uh, what is it? grease whatever grease fang was that it yes yep right this is where like grease fang comes in you're like it's in the graveyard grease fang it back and uh deal a bunch of damage or um ultra reality it is it ultra mm-hmm. reality yeah and get on the battlefield early and then you know crew it and you know really put your opponent to the test yep. so you can get around the seven and like that's the whole point is like this card is here because it's interesting to think about how you get around it costing seven. Yeah, it's a neat puzzle to solve. Yeah, it's like what weird things through Magic's history can I do to make this like common vehicle busted? Because you're like one, oh. two, seven. Yeah, exactly. Tron. Right, and then you have like a you play Urza Tron, uh, Eldrazi Tron, then you have a matter reshaper crew it. There you go. There you go. Or, uh, uh, is it Frixian Revoker? Yeah, Frixian Revoker. Um, we have all the Planeswalkers. Yeah. So uh, we had a request to kind of go over the Planeswalkers, but there was a special request. So I don't know that we have to like necessarily read each Planeswalker and evaluate every ability and if it's going to be good or not. 
but the listener wanted tips on evaluating planeswalkers. They said that they always have a hard time deciding like which ones are worth playing and what makes a good planeswalker or a bad planeswalker. Okay. So I thought that was something int- interesting that we could do that, you know, maybe we didn't have to talk about all of them. Cause I, I don't know that all of them are worth talking about. Yeah. So some of the things that matter is they have to give you card advantage. So typically that is like a plus that like draws cards or make mm-hmm. some sort of material on the battlefield, like yep. material that matters. Um, they typically need to be able to protect themselves. That's either making like a relevant creature. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, uh, what is it? Uh, the three man Anissa just made like O one plants. Right. And that was kind of enough. Cause you just needed bodies to like throw counters on. Um, or like that are just like minus two, minus three, destroy a creature. Yep. Right. You need some way to protect it. And then something I like is kind of like you want your planeswalkers to all be like self-contained in that you don't want to have a planeswalker that buffs creatures, but that doesn't make creatures right. or like a planeswalker that requires you like, um, there was a Liliana that you had to like put a bunch of zombies in your deck. Mm-hmm. And if the zombies are good, then Liliana's good. If the zombies are bad, Liliana's not good because she's reliant on that card type. Yeah. Right. So it's much better if you just have a planeswalker that is just rawly good on its own. Yeah. And like you said, it's important to have something that you're looking for it to accrue value over time, whether that's um drawing cards or putting cardboard onto the battlefield in the form of tokens or even like taking cards away from your opponent like that's still card advantage um but something where you can accrue value over time and you want something that protects itself in some way either through removing your opponent's creatures or providing blockers to protect itself so it continue to tick up or like something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Um, like I know for a while the blue planeswalkers were like shrinking things mm-hmm. as a form to like protect themselves. You know, that works. Um, any of the black planeswalkers that like kill a thing work. Any of, you know, get Gideon ally of Zendikar like made blockers forever. Yeah. It's basically all he did was make blockers every turn. I mean, if you look at, like, the, the the Planeswalkers in this set, like, Tamiyo Completed Sage, mm-hmm. she taps a uh, target artifact or creature, and it doesn't untap. Yeah. So that's how she is protecting herself. She can take the biggest threat off the board. Right. Kind of indefinitely. So it's up to you to deal with the next biggest threat, but she can take care of the biggest threat to her. Mm-hmm. Um. The Wandering Emperor is unique in that it protects itself because it has flash. Yeah. Right? Like, so you can pass with your four mana up and they can't attack the Wandering Emperor. So you always know you're going to get the first activation. Right. Right? Because you're like, end of turn, flash this in, down tick. Yeah. Right? Now... Kill your tap thing. Kill your tap thing. Or, like... 
make a creature, untap, make another creature. Mm -hmm. Right now you've got two bodies to protect it. Now you can start working your way up uh, once you have that. But like, um, you know, like, uh, let's see, Kato Shizuki, right? The first, um, the first ability is mm, not really card advantage. Right. right, it's not it's not self contained. Right, you have to attack with something to make it so you're well, not just looting. Well, it makes things that attack. It does, it does. But you know, like your plus one isn't great. Like if you're in a situation where you can't a- a- attack advantageously, then yeah. then the plus one kind of spins your wheels. Doesn't like accrue yeah. you any value, right? And the thing that's unique about Kato, though, is it phases out. Yeah. It so, like, also, there's a battlefield, you make your unblockable dude, and then it it says, "All right, I'm out." Yeah. It it basically is the same thing that the Wandering Emperor does. Kind of, but in reverse. Yeah, where the Wandering Emperor, you can hide it in your hand. Kato, you hide it in the phase zone. Sure, <laughs> the phase zone. Yeah, whatever it is. So yeah, yeah, you want to look generally like planeswalkers that are three in four mana are best uh, for the most part, mm-hmm. uh, and then it takes something pretty special at like six mana to be good. Yeah, right, like um, Big Veraska mm-hmm. and uh, Elspeth. Yep, and. Like even Dreadhorde General, while good, didn't see a ton of play at six mana. Yeah, and that, that card's super powerful. Yeah, because um, sometimes six mana is just too many manas. Too much. Yeah. Yeah, and like five mana is kind of the like generic planeswalker cost, right? Or at least was for the planeswalker that is like plus draw a card in some way, shape, or form, minus kill a thing, ultimate win the game. And most ultimates are some version of you win the game if this happens. Yeah. Maybe not this turn, but soon. So, yeah, like Tezzeret there says, you get an emblem with whenever an artifact you control becomes tap draw card. Well, you start drawing four or five cards a turn. It's not going to take many turns before you just win. Yeah. So, like, ultimates for the most part don't really they matter but not really because they're all kind of you win the game yeah though tamia's ultimate is weird and can just get bounced but you know what are you gonna do yeah yeah make an artifact token yikes um so big oof yeah for the most part you're concerned about the plus and the minus with the ultimate sometimes like you don't even bother to go towards the ultimate Right, like you go up because going up is a good thing to do, but you're like, oh, if I get to the ultimate, cool, but this is yeah. gonna draw me five cards, and that's what really matters. Yep, it's gonna draw me five cards and save me like eight life. Cool. Yep. So, is there anything else about planeswalkers that we should talk about? Um, I don't think so. I think that's mainly it. The uh, the mana value is relevant. The cheaper the mana value 
um, the more you want to pay attention because mm-hmm. it seems like planeswalkers are harder to balance with cheaper mana costs. So anything that's like two, three mana, you want to have a second look at first. And then, no, I think we covered everything. You want something to protect itself. You want something to gain some advantage. Um, I guess the one other thing that you want to look at is some of the other sins can be forgiven if the starting loyalty is high enough. Mm -hmm. Like some planeswalkers have high starting loyalty as their form of protection. Yeah. Um, so that's worth looking at. Um, especially the cheaper ones. Like, yeah, you know, what Oka went from five to seven or yeah. four to six or something. At Like on turn three, that's just so much loyalty. You can never attack it down. Mm-hmm. Um, I think post Oka, they've gotten way safer with yeah. their three mana planeswalkers. But there was a time that if the mana if the planeswalker cost three mana, like it was just good. Right. It kind of didn't matter what it did, it was just good. Other than Hobo Jace. <laughs> Poor Hobo Jace. He tried. His shirt was so shredded though. He tried so hard though. <laughs> Alright, we've got ourselves apparently all the mythic dragons. Well, yeah, you said you wanted to talk about the dragons. I don't really care for any of these, so I didn't okay. know which ones you wanted to talk about. I just throw them all up here and let you talk about them. Oh, okay. Well, I just thought that, yeah. like, they're... So, these are doing an unusual thing, which is, right, kind of by default. Um, mm-hmm. We always say that, like, things have to come into the battle on the battlefield and get advantage right away, right? Did you look at the show notes? I did not. Is so, this... I, I try and write a little description for like each card so that like we have some talking points when we go through. My description for the dragons is I'm not over the moon on any of these. Normally, I want my five mana mythic dragon to stay in play and not die. Fair, but <laughs> the reason the reason that it's always super important that your mythic dragon comes into play and like immediately gives you value is because if it dies and it didn't give you value you're super far behind Mm -hmm. right so if your mythic dragon stays on the battlefield you're winning the game right Mm -hmm. if your mythic dragon dies you get paid and you're not super far behind yeah now none of these are like like super like the death effects are are kind of wildly varied. You have like what is the like the green one, it's like, oh, I'm a four four flyer and if I die, I make a five five ground creature. Yeah. Somehow that's better. <laughs> um right. But then you have like the black one that's like mm, uh I'm mind going rot. I'm gonna mind rot you as one of the abilities. Yeah. Uh, but you can like reanimate a card, which is probably good. It's just this is a different way of protecting yourself and like getting value, as opposed mm-hmm. to getting value on the way in, because you have to get value on the way in in case it dies. And this is like okay, if it dies, you still get paid. You don't end up behind. But you're getting that value later, which is probably worse, in all honesty, right? Because mm-hmm. you can't like. Have your five five car or dragon plus 
play the card that you drew when it came into play. Yeah. Right? But it's not as embarrassing as if it was just a, you know, like Thunderbreak Regent is like unplayable now. Right? Yeah. Oh, it's a, a four mana, four, four flyer that deals them three if you kill it or if you target it. Okay. Like that's not yeah. enough anymore. So. All right. All right. That was all. That was all. Just a different way of looking at protecting yourself. Yeah. No problem. Like I said, I wasn't sure which ones you wanted to talk about. Yeah. I really didn't care about any of them. So I just figured I'd throw them up there and let you talk. And then we got uh, these ones I kind of wanted to talk about just a little bit. Um, Okay. Not that I think any of them are super overpowered. Um, There might only be one or two of them that's decent. But again, like I said, with the convoke damage spell anytime there's cost reduction it's worth looking at a second time so there's a whole cycle of i'm going to call them pitch spells because you discard cards to reduce the casting cost of these spells um the white one exiles um an artifact creature enchantment with cmc x or less um it's x and a white and you can exile a white card from your hand to reduce X by two. Um, it's an instant. It's kind of comparable to prismatic ending. But it always costs one it, more mana. Yeah. Yep. Um, but could be a card from your hand instead. Mm-hmm. So I think that's relevant, especially like in formats where prismatic endings not legal. Yeah. Um, like historic or pioneer or whatever. Um, like to, especially in like a white weenie style deck, that's mm-hmm. probably where you're only, the only place where you're going to have a bunch of white cards in your hand. And like, if you've got a pitch kind of a mediocre white weenie card to deal with a threat, that's not letting you attack through, like that's a trade that you'd want to make. I think. I mean, there's also people have started <clears throat> playing squadron Hawk. Yeah. As a oh, way yeah. to like get card advantage and get cards to pitch to solitude or um things like that. So yeah. right. Just cheap ways to fill your hands with like general garbage that you can <clears throat> then use to like uh, enable your really powerful cards. Yeah, and actually you could do that in historic too with um is it Legion Conquistador? Mm-hmm. Is kind of just squadron hawk. Yeah. So that's interesting. Again, cost reduction. I thought it was worth talking about. Yeah. Um, the March of Swirling Mist is the blue one. I don't know if this one's good or not. It's a X and a blue for an instant. Again, it has the pitch a card to make it cost two less. And it's up to X target creatures phase out. Um, blue decks really aren't set up to do the kind of attacking that would benefit from this. And then if you're not using it to like get your board through, it's kind of just fog, but a really bad fog. Yeah. Or like, you know, the blue equivalent, a really bad sleep. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not a hundred percent sure that like what this card's doing or that it's good or not. I, I think it's probably not good, but, um, the, Black one is March of Wretched Sorrow. 
X and a black for an instant. It has the same pitch clause, and it deals X damage to target creature or planeswalker, and you gain X life. So this one can be like a huge swing where you kill their biggest thing and gain life. Like it instantly stabilizes you. You kill their biggest threat and, you know, gain a bunch of life. It's Obviously, kinda, you're going down on cards a little bit, but... Yeah, it's kind of like Battle at the Bridge. And, like, Battle yeah. at the Bridge only kind of saw fringe play. Yeah, but, like, that asked you to play, like, a ton of artifacts. Yeah, well, did it have... It didn't have... Uh, it had Improvise, right? Yeah. But, like, without the... If you cut the 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 improvised text off of it and you cut the pitch spell yeah. off, like what these cards do is like the same, the same thing. thing. And like yeah. Battle of the Bridge saw like some cyborg play. Not not yeah. a ton. Well, I, I mean, mean Battle of the Bridge didn't hit Planeswalkers though. True. True. I was gonna say this could be better, but like yeah. like that's kind of the baseline, and we've seen that card not too long ago. No. Yeah. Kaladesh is like five years ago now, but not too <laughs> long ago. Um, so it's um, one of those things that, like in standard, it just has a weird. Like you're always like a lot of times you're down on mana based on how big the creatures are. Yeah. So. The uh, the green one I don't think is good at all. No. So I'm not even going to bother talking about that one. Um, but the red one's kind of interesting. It's exile the top X cards of your library, and you can play two of those cards until the end of your next turn. Mm-hmm. You know, it might be if you you know run out of gas and you're on a red deck or whatever. Like, you know, it could be a good way to dig for some more gas. I mean, now, it's, it's light I up thought, the stage. Oh, go ahead. Is it say it's full price light up the stage? That's true. Yeah, it's full and price like, light up the stage. And like instant speed, full price light up the stage, so you can like end of your turn do that mm-hmm. and then have access to those spells the next turn. Yeah. So, yeah. What I thought was kind of cool about this cycle, like I said, not all of them are super good and I don't think any of them are like really good. I think, you know, a couple of them have some uses, but I kind of like the way they were designed because what we've seen from pitch spells in the past is that they're just free. Mhm. And these ones aren't like, I think you're actively incentivized to kind of split the X cost between actual mana and pitching a card. Um, like most of these, I think you just pitch one card. Probably. And then, you know, fill in the X with whatever other mana you have laying around. I think March of Reckless Joy is probably the best about that. Uh, yeah. The red one, just because, right you have this and a land in your hand and you're just like red pitch my land get two cards oh, it's got to be a red card oh it's a red card oh man yeah it's got to be a card of that color oh, okay so that's worse yeah it's not just any card okay ignore me listeners as you hadn't been doing that already sorry i should have done a better job reading the cards no that's fine no i should have remembered but so that's a little bit worse because you have to actually get rid of a spell yeah. Oh man. Uh what's his name? Painter servant. Your whole hand is that color. That's true. There you go, we did it. Yeah, I'm I mean I could see, you know, a copy of that in painter. It'd be weird, but I guess it's like, hey, all I 
all these limbs are bad. I guess I have my March of mm-hmm. Ruckless Joy. Also, Go like, find your grindstone. Yeah. March of uh, the Swirling Mist. Like, we went, again, I keep complaining. We went years. We decided that phasing was a bad mechanic. Yeah. And now they just keep throwing it on, like, one card in, like, every <laughs> set or every other set. Yeah. Right? Like, there's the Teferi. There's the uh, the 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 one white white flash spirit. Yep. There's oh gosh, what was the the spectral adversary? They just like randomly throw it on like a card in every set. It's like they're just like trying to slowly reintroduce us to this like trash mechanic before they're just like, here's some freights that phase Shh, out. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah, here's some freights that phase out, but yeah. but why? We're reprinting Rainbow of Freight. Let's go. No, <laughs> let's not go. Flip um, a coin. Flip a coin. Let's let's do this. Uh, it's frenetic of Freight. Is the flip a coin guy? Rainbow. I thought there was an Freight that phased out for coin flips. That was uh, that's uh, frenetic of Freight. I do believe. Oh, okay. Yeah. Rainbow of Freight like is like blue blue to phase out. It's like yeah. th- three, a three one. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's just, it's just like, why? Like, I feel like you could have like, maybe not, it would have added more words, but we've also decided that we don't care. Like it would have been yeah. less than a reminder text to be like, I don't know, tap X creatures or they don't like, untap. they don't untap or, you know, you know, uh, X of your creatures get hex proof or something. Yeah. Or hexproof and indestructible, which is not really blue, but yeah, right. But just like because like that's what it's trying to it's trying to give you the ability to either like sleep or protect your creatures. It's like okay, like we could have done this without phasing. Yeah, I don't know. Like I said, it blue's not really a color that wants to do either of those things. Yeah, like it's not looking to alpha strike, and it's not looking to like fog yeah and if you're playing like a blue tempo deck that is trying to like like eke out damage you don't want to throw away a bunch of cards right because like your whole it's tempo yeah. yeah your whole your whole gig was like just having enough cards to win the game mm-hmm. so all right now we have the channel lands the last slide the last slide. It's almost midnight. And it's the it last is. slide. All right. Yep. So I heard you liked MDFCs. <laughs> so what if I made MDFCs that only had one side? Only had one side and were wildly undercosted compared to the MDFCs I gave you before. Yeah. Um so these are all legendary lands that enter the battlefield untapped. Mm-hmm. So other than being like a non-basic, there's no like downside to like putting one in your deck. Right. right. If you just put one, it's free. Comes into play mm-hmm. untapped, doesn't deal you any damage. Great. And then they all have basically a spell staple to them. Yep. Some of which are competitively costed that would be just regular cards and some that are just really bad we've run the gamut 
So, uh, Ajanjo, seat of the Empire, is the white one. Its channel is two and a white. Discard uh, this card. And it deals four damage to target attacking or blocking creature. And they all have this rider that this ability costs one less to activate for each legendary creature you control. Mm-hmm. I don't think that actually is going to come up very much. Um, I don't know. It might. It might. I mean, you're you're evaluating this based on it's two and a white, right? It's not Correct. reduced yeah. cost. Yeah. Um. Well, I mean, actually, in this one particular, it probably does matter. I mean, Thalia. Yeah, because this deck is going to have Thalia in it. I mean, this just goes in every control deck. That's true. Like yeah. multiples of them, yeah. right? Like, cool. I'm going to play like 30 lands, but four of them also are like mid game removal spells. Yeah. Cool. Uh, what is it? Ottawara, Soaring City. Uh, Against the blue one, it's blue channel. Three and a blue, discard this, and return target artifact, creature, enchantment, or planeswalker to its owner's hand. Hmm. So it's a four mana bounce spell, which is not super competitively costed, but on my land that otherwise I would be sad to have drawn, uh, seems fine. Probably just fine. Yeah. Uh, People have brought up, it doesn't say non-land. And that might might be oh. so that they can so you could bounce um, the now banned faceless haven. Yep. Right. They activate their faceless hmm. haven. It's a creature now. You can bounce it. It also bounces Urza's saga. Yes, it does. Which, like, do I want that? I don't know. I guess if it's on the first saga counter, yes. But if it's on the second one, no. Yeah. Um. And then, what is this? Oh, gosh. Takanuma. Thank you. Abandoned Mire. Yes. This is a three and a black. Mill three cards, then return a creature or planeswalker card from your graveyard to your hand. Yeah. This one just seems, like, bad. Yeah, that's pretty over-costed, I think. Yeah. Like, that could have easily just been, like, one and a black. Yeah, so, like, a John Joe is kind of overcasted by one right that's like gideon's reproach is yeah. two and a white uh Ottawara's overcasted by two mm-hmm. right and then takanuma is overcasted by probably two as well yeah but Ottawara is like goes in blue decks where that's you know late in the game they have a bunch of lands and mm-hmm. it makes your opponent spend mana so it's like probably fine uh, so Kenzin Crucible of Defiance um, it's a red one and it channel is three and a red and it's create two one one colorless spirit creature tokens they gain haste until end of turn that's um, pretty sweet for the polymorph decks huh yes that's a lot of I, I've been playing uh, what's it called uh, Indomitable Creativity and just like having creature like two creatures in your land slot it's just what that deck wants yep so i think that that like has a home there and again like on turn one it's fine like it's not putting you behind yeah (sighs) 
And then the last the one. The best of the bunch. Yes. We didn't have a lot of green cards, but maybe the best constructed card in this set requires green mana. Mm-hmm. And this is Beseju. That's a stretch. Beseju who endures. Adds green, has channel for one in a green, so less than everyone. Yep. Uh, destroy target artifact, enchantment, or non-basic land an opponent controls. And then that player searches their library for a land with a basic land type and puts it onto the battlefield, then shuffles. So this means they can get shock lands or dual lands. because or they have or triumphs because they have a basic land type. But like if you're playing let's say you're playing Dark Depths, right? Mm-hmm. Here's an answer to Wasteland. Yep. Here's an answer to Caracas. Yep. Um right? You're playing a green deck and you're playing against Tron just blow up their mind on turn two like that's back breaking right like a forest is way worse than uh any urza's piece any urza's piece right right even better you're like okay they're like on your end step activate my map go get the piece i'm missing and you're like okay draw step blow up your land (laughs) Right, like now they've got the wrong Tron piece in their hand. Maybe they drew their like one or two forests in their deck, right? And you've set them off of Tron, and all is right with the world, right? Mm -hmm. Not to mention, like, you know, if you're you know a green deck that's relying on the graveyard, here's your way to like you have like ways to blow up, blow up ley lines and rest in peace. In your mana base. Or cage. Yeah, any number of things. Yep. Right? Like Or a blood moon if they're attacking your mana base. Yeah. Um, right? You're playing uh oh what's it called? Uh Amulet Titan. Right? Mm-hmm. You get this in a bounce land and you put it back in your hand when you're and then you blow up whatever thing you need to blow up. Yep. Uh it just does so much. I mean, it basically tags any sort of sideboard card from any deck in your mana base. Yeah. It hits Chalice. It hits EE. Like we said, all Leyline, Rest in Peace, Graft Digger's Cage, Pithing Needle. Yeah. And, I mean, in this set, it's also Path to Exile. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, oh, hey, um... Cool enchantment creature. I guess I'll pay two yep. mana and kill it, and you get a, uh, a, a you get a land. Oh, okay. right, like that's fine. You paid six mana for that creature, kill it. Yep. For two. It's it's just a wild, wild, wild card. Also, it's uncounterable. Yes. They can stifle it, but it's uncounterable. So it's just crazy, crazy card. Yeah. And I mean, again, like it can just be in your main deck. Mm -hmm. Right. Like you get chalice. No, that's fine. I have an answer in my main deck. 
Yep. Right, your, your opponent like lives the dream, and they're like turn one chalice or like turn one trinisphere you, and you're like, okay, cool. Right, this costs two with a trinisphere. Right, you're not, not casting it. Yeah, so I've seen uh, I, uh, someone shared an article from Dom Harvey where it was basically like this is going to warp every format around it, like. Uh, just going through what decks would play it. And I've seen other people tweeting like, hey, this card's not as good as you think in your Renin 7 deck, or Renin 6 deck. I don't know, man. I like, don't know, it seems pretty good in a Renin 6 deck. Yeah, at some at some point, like the two-mana Ghost Quarter yeah. that you recur every turn runs them out of lands. Especially if you're doing it alongside Ghost Quarters and Field of Ruins and... Yeah, like, they just eventually run out of things to get. Yeah. And, like, God help them if they, like, spend mana on something. And you're just like, oh, cool. I will eat your turn. Uh, yeah, I mean, that could, like, be a deck if you played, um, is it Zerda? The one that makes activated abilities cheaper? Mm-hmm. So now this is just, like, green, like, ghost quarter you. Yeah. Plus but, my Ren. Ghost Quarter and Field of Ruin. Like, it's just one mana. I mean, uh, Cat Jesus? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? Like, green, white, death and taxes? Mm-hmm. And you're just like, okay, cool. Like, what? what is your green for? Well, you, you can't play Cat Jesus and Zerda, but... Yeah. Well, well, you don't even need Zerda, right? Like, you play yeah. Thalia. Right, so you're yeah, like kind of does the same thing. Thalia into Cat Jesus, Bosager you on turn three. Oof. Like, okay, go, go go hope that you have a land. Oh wait, no, that's not like that's not even even mind sensor. So they just can't search. Yeah. Right. They gotta like, pay four. Yeah, like yeah, good g- good luck. Or yep. pay two, right? Cat Jesus is two. Uh, I thought it was four. Maybe oh. it's two. Whatever. And no and no one ever does it right on Magic Online, so that's just like a free strip mine. Yeah, basically. Yeah. So yeah, it The other ones just seem like they're like reasonably co- like this one needed to cost three. Probably. It just need to be two and a green and it changes the whole like conversation. Mm-hmm. But being one of the, like they made it, I'm guessing they made it a basic land type because at two and a green, like it just being like, you know, two mana stone rain and modern and legacy yeah. was too good. So they were like, okay, it's gotta be, has to have a basic land type. So like, it's just not stone rain, Yeah. but still it's like, I don't know. Like, it's just an answer in your mana base. Like, it's amazing. Yeah, it's kind of hard to understate that. Right? Like, so in Dark Depths, uh, I played a combination of Assassin's Trophy, which is basically this card, mm-hmm. and um, Abrupt Decay to kill random hate pieces. Don't I, you just play like four Besages now, right? Like you put like 
two or three in your main deck and you put like one or two in your sideboard and like you just covered everything mm-hmm. right there's no need to like play assassin's trophy anymore you're just like i'll play Pesachu. well i mean and depends on what version of depths you're playing but if you're playing like a living wish version like this is better to play than assassin's trophy yeah because you can go get it with living wish yeah yeah so this card is wild like yeah. is it I, I thought it, i heard it was pre-selling for like 35 dollars <laughs> for a rare that's crazy well i mean <clears throat> the best-selling sets of all time where no one's playing standard keep having rares that are like twenty dollars so I don't know how that way in, in commons that are two and three dollars. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I no longer understand how magic finance works. <laughs> there well, see, are the mo- thing is, is that all those people that are buying the these new customers that are buying these sets, these mythical kitchen table players, um, they don't put cards back into the ecosystem. I mean, that's somewhat believable. Yeah. Well, not, uh, I was being serious. Yeah, like they just buy, they just crack the packs. They have the cards, yeah, and then those cards disappear into a closet for the rest of eternity. I mean, I have a very organized closet uh, over here, so I can't say a whole lot. But well, like, but at some point, like you will turn those into dollar redos. I guess and, I will. You know, somebody mm-hmm. just cracking a couple packs for the kitchen table, like Isn't may or may not to. ever turn them into dollar redos. Yeah, well. We have broke the midnight barrier. That means it's time for us old farts to go to bed. Yes, as uh, as we often say about Gavin, he has no chill. He is going to wake yeah. up at six thirty, regardless of when I went to bed. So I need to go to bed soon. Okay. So, so with all of that, we have hopefully uh, touched on all the cards that you were excited about for Kamigawa Neon Dynasty. Uh, we're yeah, going to set so. up. We're going to set up a P.O. box so you can send us Pesejus who who endures. Uh, (laughs) And um, so with that, I think we have a show. We have a show. So if we miss something you want us to talk about next week, or if you like hard disagree about a card and want to let us know, you can tweet us at Casual Tripod. Yep. Or you can hit us up on Facebook at Casual Tryhard MTG. You can shoot us an email show at casualtryhardmtg.com. You can yell at us on Discord. There's a link in the description. There's a link on all our social media. Don't forget to use TCG Player if you're looking to pick up any singles. Our affiliate link is tcg.casualtryhardmtg.com. Using that link will help us support the show. We'll get a little percentage of whatever you spend. If you want to support us more directly, we got our Patreon, patreon.com slash casualtryhardmtg. Throw a couple bucks in the pot and help keep the show going, pay for our to help keep the show rolling um what else we got oh I youtube youtube uh, yeah be videos coming on youtube within the next couple weeks yeah uh pre-release kit this week and then some sort of collection building finance thing in the following weeks sounds good so with that we will catch you on the internet we'll catch you on the internet's <laughs>